Yeah, I just thought I'd get everything uh, set up ready for Tina and make sure it's all working okay. Ship shape. Yes, while she puts on a dominatrix outfit ready for recording with you. (laughs) (laughs) I shall shall hear the crack of the whip any time soon. Hello and welcome to the April 60 Minutes with Entertainment Show with me, Chris. And this episode, I'm joined by somebody very lovely and very special. You can tell it's not Dave because I, I wouldn't introduce him in that respect. Um, I'm, I'm going to give him some serious shit on this show and I'll explain why <laughs> in a minute. The little giggle that you've just heard is um as i am joined by the lovely tina me hello hello oh hang on chris hang on hang on what what you can't bring the fucking unicorn in here take the unicorn downstairs no sorry chris sorry was that was that doug hang on hang on what it's chris yes chris jelly yes (laughs) i don't think he's got a sword Oh, God. Look, if he has got a sword, it's probably smaller than your sword, okay? I was going to say, I've got a pork sword. Does that count? Don't say that, he might hear you. (laughs) What? What? Look, I won't be long, and you can lick it for as long as you want once I've finished, okay? (laughs) Just fuck off downstairs, Geralt, will you? (laughs) Yes, I love you. Yes, yes, I love you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Take the unicorn for a walk. Yeah, bye. Bye. Yes, yes. Licky lick. Yeah, bye. bye. Sorry. It's gone. Oh, I've had such a bad time, Chris. Have you? Was that Geralt? Is he very jealous? God almighty, he's just shagging me and shagging me. Oh, I'm not. Well, I shouldn't complain, really, you know, because he's magical. Mm. But, um, are you tired? Oh, I'm knackered, lad, I am. (laughs) Knackered, and I tell you, my poor Fanny. I don't think I can. I can stand much more. Oh dear! I mean, I. I mean, Dave. Forget it. Dave. Dave's dead. Actually, killed him with a spell. Oh, so Dave's his decomposing corpse is watching whilst Geralt yeah. shags it. Is yeah. that it? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, isn't it? Well, yeah. well, you know, whatever turns you on. I it's guess. your fault. Is it? Why? Why? It's your we... fault. It's like Dave just thought it was really funny that he'd get Geralt to talk at the last podcast, you know, and a bit of a joke. And then he turned up on a unicorn. Well, there you go. What more could you want? Can you imagine me trying to cock my leg over a unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> Does the the unicorn kind of crouch to sort of like you know like? Not really, get... no. And oh. talking of cocking, let's <laughs> change the subject. <laughs> I'm so pretty, oh so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm genuinely uh, baffled. What's going on? Are, just, are you okay? Yeah, I'm absolutely fine, except for my, you know or like you know from all the <laughs> sexual activity he tried to cast a spell over my genitals 
<laughs> Carry on, Chris. I'll just, uh, just, I just need a quick drink and I'll be fine. He's taken no, the well, unicorn out. I don't we'll think be you safe. need any more to drink, but I'd. I'd <laughs> if I was you, I'd stick with the tea. Okay. <laughs> Go. Anyway, no, no. Well, we have gone. We've started. Um, we have. <laughs> so anyway um yes thank you for joining us for this month's ep- entertainment show and uh, as i think dave said it last episode that it's just it's going to be me and tina doing this this month uh, to give him a, a a week or i'm sorry a week off a month off now i have to say that dave's been annoying me quite a lot the last couple of weeks yeah uh, probably a good good thing and a good idea that he's not here because all he has been banging on about and you you're probably fed up with this as well for the past oh. two weeks or so is it that game god of war oh fuck oh god of war oh my god it's amazing god of war he knows that i don't have a playstation 4 and he knows that i really want to play that game and all he's been doing he's been sending me messages saying oh my god i can't believe how amazing god of war is it's incredible oh it's the best looking game i think i've ever played it's so great and cinematic try having to sit next to him he comes in from work he puts his he takes his pants off and plays god of war (laughs) It's, he takes his pants he's off. He's doing it right now oh, with his right, pants okay. off, playing yeah. God of War. That's all he does. And I keep saying, please don't play God of War in front of me because I'll see what you're doing. And, you know, I might like to play it and he can't hear me. Mm. So uh, have you watched him play a bit of this then, I take it? or <laughs> Watched him seethed, you mean, okay. at him playing it. Yeah, it does look... It looks amazing. Yeah. I... I well, you know that when I play a game, I can only play one game. I can't dip in and out of lots of games. Yeah. I have to play one game. Like Fallout, I play Fallout till I finish it. Um, I played Skyrim when it first came out and then they've rejigged it a bit. So I've gone all the way through Skyrim. I can't go any further in it because either, you know, there's glitches or I'm stuck or, you know, so I've, I've finished Skyrim now. Again, on um, the PlayStation. Yeah. I know you, you played that originally on the 360, didn't you? Yeah, when it first, years ago. Um, Can you notice a big difference between the two, like yeah. from the 360 to the PS4? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. More enjoyable. Graphics mm. are a lot better. Yeah. Um, less glitchy, less things would float in the air all the time. And But having said that, you know, I can't complete the game because I actually need this stone... And where you get the stone from, I can't get it because the orc or whatever it is that should have it hasn't got it. So I'm, you know, that always happens with me with games, except for Fallout. That's never happened with Fallout. But uh, I don't care really because I'm just treading water until Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out. Oh, did you see the new trailer? Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yes, I can't wait for that. Although having, having said that... um. Dave bought. Is it called Sinua? She's oh, got, uh, yeah, Hellblade. Sinua's yeah, sacrifice. He, bought, he yeah. bought that, and I, I, I do want to play that, but I'd like to play it with headphones on, Definitely. and we can't find the headphones anywhere. Uh, uh, and the other game is um, Kingdom Come. Oh yeah, De- the, Deliverance Kingdom yeah, Come. That, I, think. Yeah. I really fancy that. My sister is a massive fan and thinks that I would love it because I like history so much. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like fifty quid, so I can't because Dave bought God of War. 
Yes, well, you know. He's a sneaky you know. shit, isn't he? He is a sel- didn't selfish... Say- Yes, can, selfish can, bastard. Can I buy it? Do you think I should buy it? You know, it's a lot. Of, he just buys it and then starts playing it. And I say, "Oh, what's this game? Yeah, it's got a war, isn't it? Oh my God, look at it! It's so amazing. Do you want me to kick his head in for you? <laughs> I definitely do. All right, then. But uh, well, knowing Dave, he'll, once he's finished it, he'll trade it in, no doubt. So uh, yes, yeah, before I get to play it. Oh, true. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. He, he did that with another game, didn't he? That he um, he was playing. Then he instead of letting you play. <laughs> traded it in he does it all the time twice and then i say oh where's that and then he just goes oh i'll buy it again but he never does no well anyway i think your reference to uh geralt uh Mm. rivia um Mm. or is it it is rivia isn't it um i was thinking of the french riviera when he's in reset anyway uh is because the amazing doug cockle he opened up and introduced the first episode (laughs) of the abc of gaming which i have to say i didn't know was going to happen so listening to that was a huge thrill um especially (laughs) lovely it oh it's great he did it in the voice of Geralt, and uh you know it was it was brilliant just so i've got to thank dave for that um and and call him a twat for keep talking about god of war but (laughs) But yeah, if you want to hear more video game talk, in particular about uh, Senua's Sacrifice uh, Hellblade, uh, where Adam talks about that, then check out the ABC of Gaming with me, Adam and Ben. And uh, fun. We had a good laugh. So that was cool. Yeah, it was really, uh, it was a great show. It was really but, great to hear you back together and talking. Yeah. Uh, a bit worried about Ben, though. Why? Well, he's all these shagging. He's worse oh, than Geralt, isn't he? All the blowjobs, for God's sake. <laughs> no, I feel sorry for his girlfriend, to yeah, be honest with you. Yeah, fancy putting uh, his knob in your mouth. What's it like, Chris? <laughs> it's, well, it, it's pleasant until he starts getting his, his hands around the back of your neck. and Yeah, strangling ramming. you. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, um, we, uh, well, uh, have you, where should we start? We, we've done a little bit on video games and stuff, but have you got any other video games that you want to talk about other than watching Dave masturbate? No, that's that's all I could talk about is video games is basically Dave sitting there and uh, playing God of War. Or yeah. not, not not wearing his pants, is the no, case. No, he right? doesn't wear... No, he puts, like, loose joggy things, short things on. And okay. um, if I try and put my hand up the leg of them, he shouts at me and says it's inappropriate. <laughs> Go on, give us a feel. And he goes, no, don't. It's inappropriate. Stop it. <laughs> In a very clipped accent. Yes, he does. He's terribly posh, you know. <laughs> um, everybody knows that's not true. Who's listening to these shows? <laughs> but anyway, um, so where should we start off with some TV then? Have you got any TV that you want to pick? Us- I have got so many things to tell you about. You're probably oh, going to be here for seven years. Do you want to, do you, would you like to start with films rather than television? However you want to start it, that's that's fine. Yeah, no problem. So, oh, go on then. You start off with a few films and then okay. I'll, I'll jump in. Well, I've got films that I've watched in a dubious way. Films oh, yeah. that I, oh. A film that I watched on Amazon. A uh, couple of films that I've seen in the cinema. And uh, one film that I saw in the Bridgewater Hall... In Man- no, it wasn't the Bridgewater Hall in Manchester. I'm sorry, I'm obsessed with that place. It was the Liverpool Philharmonic. Oh. Uh, Dave and I went to see Jaws uh, a few oh. weeks ago, which mm. is like, I mean, it's one of Dave's favourite films. Me, me too as well. Uh, I absolutely distinctly remember being 
around about 11 or 12, I can remember my dad taking me to see Star Wars, just me and him. Mm. And he took me to see Jaws as well at the Regal Cinema in Wrexham. And uh, anyway, so I've been like a big fan of Jaws. I mean, there's no other film like Jaws, is there? Yeah, Except it's brilliant. Maybe yeah. Jaws 2, Jaws 3, because there's a shark in it. But yeah. you know what and I Jaws, mean. Jaws 4, The Revenge. Jaws 4, let's... let's not talk about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an incredible film, isn't it? It's one of, the, one of those amazing classic films that, that I love because it has a beginning, a middle and a cracking end. And that's, yeah. a, that's a good film for me. Uh, but this was a, a different experience because it was a, at the Philharmonic because the music was played by the Czech Orchestra. Yeah, I read your review of this and it mm. sounded amazing. Do you know it was? Because I, I'd i never experienced anything like it before and I thought, this is what's it going to be like? Are they going to... Is the sound of the orchestra going to drown out the dialogue? It doesn't. You can hear the dialogue perfectly. And I thought, I, I don't know, is it an ambience thing? I, I couldn't get my head round what it would be like. And the only way I can describe it is fucking awesome. <laughs> can you imagine sitting there and, you know, and it's very distinct, that music, isn't it? Do oh, God, do, yeah. Iconic. Do, do. Yeah. Well, imagine a full orchestra playing it. And, and like, several times I could feel myself going back in my chair thinking, oh, shit. And you know what's going to happen. But uh, it was quite funny because um, because I have mobility problems when you go to the Liverpool Phil, uh, we have to go in a special area, which is a box. So this very posh um, man came in to share the box with us. And it was terribly, you know, he'd got a bottle of champagne with him. Of course, it was a London Phil and he got his mummy with him. A mummy was about 104. And he sat her down and I started talking to her and she was a real, you know, really posh. She had pearls on and she looked, gorgeous even though she was you know she obviously in her 90s mm. the pearl she, necklace was it? absolutely the biggest pearl necklace that were genuine <laughs> pearls and not spunk <laughs> believe it or not but she's sitting there and she keeps she keeps looking at me going excuse me dear i don't know who the conductor is and i said oh i'm sorry i don't know oh i Oh, I love Bach. And I looked at her and I thought, he's bloody lied to her. <laughs> he's lied, told her he's going to a bar. This woman, when the film started and it was like, which honestly, she just wanted to go home and he made her sit there. Really? <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, so she got to see Jaws for the first time in her life with an orchestra. It's quite funny. Yeah, Ooh. but it's, I, I mean, I've seen on different websites, like, uh, the Bridgewater Hall and the Liverpool Phil places in London as well. If you sort of see uh, a film that's going to be on with an orchestra and you think, nah, just go because it's amazing. They do uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah, I mean John John Williams. I mean, you, yeah. you know, it's just you could put you could put any of his scores on, couldn't yeah, you? I think. Yeah. I think just... they are sort of John Williamsy. I, having looked at it, I thought, God, imagine if somebody did Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that'd be amazing. Funnily enough, I, mm. uh, I 
it looks as if it's already happened, but and it's not the film I would have expected or have thought would have gone with this kind of thing. But mm. I happened to look the other day um, about these live orchestra playing against movies and stuff. Yeah. And the movie in question was mm. Love Actually, which oh, is right. a bit str- I can't remember the score for Love Actually, I must no, admit. Is that, is that Love is All Around Me, that one? No. That yeah, that play that plays because Bill Nye he kind of plays he does that rip off of it doesn't he or that yeah. that piss take but yeah it's it's I think it's already, like I said it happened last year but yeah they were playing a, an actual orchestra against Love Actually oh don't think I fancy that to be honest very, exactly yeah very strange I must admit but I mean like you said any of the John Williams scores I mean he's just amazing isn't he always what he's in his eighties now I think isn't yeah, he, he must uh, be, yeah. Yeah. Because there was talk about obviously with the new Star Wars films coming out that uh, you know he he won't be able to carry them on forever. Mm. He uh, stopped, doesn't he? I think I read last week that the the one that just came out was his last Star Wars film. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, you've grown up listening to mm. his music, and you think that music can make a film, can't it? You Absolutely. Know, can, um, Absolutely. But, I mean, Jaws is just. I remember watching Jaws when I was a kid, and yeah. it, it absolutely terrified me. <laughs> I and I, I distinctly remember like it was on in my nan's uh, living room. And I don't know how old I was. I must have been very young. But even though I was in the living room, I wouldn't put my feet down on the floor. <laughs> I'd have to keep my feet oh, on the sofa Chris. because you know you think, oh, shark's going to get me. But um, oh, it was it was quite funny actually. You know the bit where where the, the three of them are on the boat and they sail out to catch the shark. Yeah. And um, Roy Schneider is chucking the fish heads in the water and he's having a fag, isn't he? Yeah. And yeah. then the, the shark comes up and he, he sort of goes back and goes, you're going to need a bigger boat. Bigger boat, yeah. When he said that, the whole place erupted. It was, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a great experience and I would definitely go again. Not to see Love Actually, though. I think it depends on the film. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. Watching Star Wars or something like that, oh, that would be amazing. But Star um, Wars would yeah. Be, yeah, apparently Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus didn't get on particularly well on the set because uh, I, th- I think Robert Shaw was drinking quite heavily at the time. Probably, but, uh, but he lived with Mary Earl, so who can blame him? Uh, so, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're going. Who he was married <laughs> to? Who who <laughs> who Mary who? Burr. She was a, she was a big British film star at sort of the 1950s. Very sexy blonde hair. What's her name again? Mary Ur U R E. U R E. Yeah. Let's have a look. She's in Don't Look Back in Anger with Richard Burton. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Looking at some pictures of her. Yeah, she was beautiful. But, oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Come along now. This isn't a sausage festival. You're with me tonight, not David. Well, this is true. This is true. So, yes, so that was very good. And there is a review on the website. So yes. please check that out. And uh, yes, yeah, I am tempted to go and watch one of those. Don't go um, and see Love Actually, though. Not Love Actually, though. Kay would like that. I mean, she likes Love Actually. I mean, it's, to be fair, it's it's not the worst film. in the world. I don't know what you think. Do you like Love Actually? Uh, in all honesty, I think I've seen it in bits when it's been on telly. Okay. But I've never actually sat down and watched it. Yeah. Um, Richard Curtis... Oh, he went to the cinema. It's very sweet and saccharine. Yeah. But Emma, Emma Thompson's good in it. I no, love Emma Thompson. Yeah, she's her. very good in it. To be fair, you know, uh, yeah. and it is funny. You know, some it's and it's a it is a it's a Christmas film. Yeah. So yeah. So there you go. So mm. go on then. What else have you got for us? So the other film we went to see at the cinema was, and I was really looking forward to this because 
I have been banging on to you about this book for years and I kept saying to you, got to read this book, got to buy this book and read it. Read this book, Chris. Chris, you'll love this book, read it. And I know that you never did. No, so I when I saw that, that Steven Spielberg was making Ready Player One, I thought, oh, yes. Who else could do this justice but Steven fucking Spielberg? And I don't think it, I think it's had very mixed reviews. I loved it. It yeah. was absolutely brilliant. And I I think a lot of stuff in it will go right over people's heads. And I actually need Dave here now because I can never remember how to say nach, rach, blah, 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 doll death, the end day. Oh, that's from um, yeah. Excalibur, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah, well done. That's yeah. the, the little incantation that Helen Mirren... Um, yeah, it's the dragon mist, And what's the name? Yeah. She, yeah, she she repeats yeah. and it turns her into an old woman at the end and then yeah. her son punches her in the face, doesn't it? I yeah. love Excalibur. I've seen oh, it. I do too. What a film. I yeah. know a couple of good stories about that film, but I won't tell you now. I'll wait John, Bo- John Borman, isn't it, I think? Yes, John Borman. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, I watched that loads when I was a kid. Oh, and I still, it's, I, it's got a great soundtrack as well. Yeah, and it's one of those films, again, that... that sort of not a lot of people know about it or have watched it even though Helen Mirren you know and it's got quite a starry cast as well but um Ready Play One what it's delivered for me uh because I love the book and obviously books are obviously longer than films and more involved and intricate and you know the characters more but I wasn't disappointed at all with the film I really liked it it was a bubblegum film Hmm. But it was a Popcorn, lot of, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. But a real sort of summer movie. You go and go to the cinema and you sit there and you go, yay. Um, great soundtrack. It was just, I, I really liked it a lot. It's the sort of film that when it comes out on Blu-ray, well, knowing Dave, it'll be like 4K. And I would buy it without waiting for it to, you know, be out for a year so it, the price would jo- drop. You know, yeah. I really liked it. So um, are, have you going to go and see it or have you seen it? Well, t- no, I haven't seen it. And, and time is probably passed for it, I must admit, because I don't know if it's going to be on because uh, obviously the Avengers is out. So that's mm. kind of dominating. That's such uh, a shame that you've missed it in the cinema. Yeah, uh, it's I don't get a chance to go to the cinema very often, I must mm. admit. And it's with two little kids. It's difficult to go. So yeah. I, I'm kind of, you know, when... Lucy gets a little bit older I can take her to some of these kind of films or well she'll probably fuck me off for her mates won't she let's be honest probably will do yeah but uh... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just wondering I know that um, I don't think Kay would let let her watch it but I think that you would uh, uh, Ready Player One yeah I yeah. think Lucy would cope with Ready Player One yeah um, you know because it's so game heavy like Oh, you know, it's just and you and like I said, you know, there's so many Easter eggs in it, so many little glimpses of things. You go, oh, oh, and that, uh, and I know what that. Oh, and that. Oh my God, and that. Yeah, <laughs> the, I've seen the trailer. And I've seen that there's loads. Of sort of like, I mean, there's there's so many. There's battle toads. I think pop up in it, and yeah. the Iron Giant, and all sorts. Yeah, but yeah. what what's the story about then? So, well, for people who don't know, I don't know loads about well, it's it. Like a, it's like a dystopian future where. Um, I, which I th- I actually think this is this is very possible. It could actually happen in reality, like Wally. Do you remember how people in Wally floated around because they couldn't walk anymore? Yeah, and did everything on computers. A, a, a beast and stuff, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, I think. yeah. Well, yeah. well, Ready Player One is basically 
a, a man similar to uh, what's his face from Apple who died. Steve Jobs. Him, yeah. So him and his partner create this other world of a game that every single person, you know, everybody, grannies to little kids, all get plugged into. Uh, not in a way of strange days, not like a dark, but, well, I suppose it is, you know, because it's sort of a kid's film and entertainment, it's not as dark as strange days. But it is, um, it's a bit disturbing, really. It's like, you know, it all... It's pertinent to you as well because you don't really go on Twitter anymore. And mm. I think a lot of people would... would co this, it's a layered film as well. Again, even though it's a popcorn film, you sort of think about it and think, shit, you know, it's not going to be long till we really are all plugged into the internet, mm. all mm. live it, going to work, but going to work in a game. Yeah. Living our lives in a game so we can look however. You don't know what anybody really looks like because yeah. their avatar is perfect. It talks about that as well. It's like, um, I mean, virtual reality is such a big thing now, yeah. you know, and, and, and virtual reality gaming. I mean, it is amazing just being – I mean um, – Adam was talking about playing Skyrim in mm. VR. I mean, oh my you know, god, really? Imagine that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But so this kind of then this takes it to the the next level. I mean, can you be hurt in this virtual reality world, or is it a yeah. bit like kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street? You know, if you die in the dream, you die in real life, kind of thing. Or uh, well, in the in the book and the film. If you die, you lose all the credits that you've built up, so you try to avoid dying in it. And it's it's basically a treasure hunt, and whoever wins the treasure hunt gets control of the of the world of the game. So through the game, you're basically like the emperor of the world. You know, it's totally blown out of proportion. Mm. You know, so that, that like there's uh, um, somebody who used to work for for the Steve Jobs type person. Uh, it's Ben Mendelssohn. Um, what else, Ben? Ben, he was in Rogue One. He was the evil stormtrooper in Rogue One. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was great. great oh, actor, I, like I mean, he, yeah. he was in uh, Dark Knight Rises as well. Yeah, um, yeah. He's been in loads, hasn't he? He's uh, been in loads of things, uh, you know, stuff on Amazon and, oh, God. Just what was like, that Australian thing? Was it Animal something? Animal, yeah, what's it called? Animal, where he's the nutty brother in it. Animal. Oh. Everybody's screaming at us now, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can tell we haven't got it up on the computer to check, can't Let's have you? A look. But, you go yeah. on, you carry on and I'll tell you. Animal Kingdom, was it? Animal Kingdom, there yeah, you go. yeah. Yeah. He's quite he's a what's that programme he's in on Amazon as well? Um where he's the, the like the evil brother in it and they're in the Florida Keys. There's something oh, about yeah. him though, he's I think he's really sexy because he's got like a pouty mouth. <laughs> and he's a bad boy. He's always bad, and he's bad in Ready Player One, but sort of sexy as well. <laughs> yeah. Not as sexy as you, Geralt. I told you to take that <laughs> fucking uniform for a walk, didn't I? Oh, my God. Oh. He's outside the door with the unicorn. Listening. Well, I don't think he's listening, but I can hear squelchy noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Ready Player One, great film. Go and see it cool and is it uh, does it have all the sort of spielberg trail trademarks and stuff like that because uh Do you know it, what? We, no it, really okay no you know like he, he he's very he's quite sympathetic and and concentrates on children this is like a tweeny sort of story where 
there are no little children and the two protagonists, you know, will sort of fall in love. I mean, I'm not giving any plot things away here. You know, it's obvious that that's going to happen. A bit of a different sort of vibe for Spielberg, this one. Having mm. watched that, was it The Bridge of Spies? That one? Uh, Bridge of Spies, yes. Oh, yeah. my God. I watched that with Dave and normally that's... I love films like that. I was so bored. Really? I was oh, okay. bored off my tits watching that film. <laughs> I was, really. I was like, this is boring. This is boring. Anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, but it's a, it's a really good film. Um, and I know that... I'm just, I'm just waiting for you to see it because I'm really interested to see what you think of it. Mm. Well, yeah, mm. definitely. I will, I will, you know... I will get. I'll have a look now. See if it's still on at Cineworld. If, if it is, then I will get my Ah, but if there. you had the choice between that and Avengers, which one would you pick? Mm, well, see, I've got. There is a little story. I'm. I'm not going to see the Avengers just yet because I haven't seen some of the other films that lead up to it. Yeah. Uh, although I am getting there. So. Yeah. But uh, but go on then, because I've I've only got other than the double dip films, I've mm. only really got two other films to talk about. So if you've got loads, well, I've got loads. go on then. <laughs> you carry on, and then okay, I'll, so, I'll jump in. Well, the third film we went to see that you will probably be able to talk about more than I can, even though I've seen the film and you probably haven't, is Rampage. Oh, um, the Rock, uh, Dwayne yeah. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Is it is it daft? Oh, do you know what? It's absolutely brilliant. It's is it? just such a brilliant film. When you when you go to the cinema and you think, right, I'm gonna go and see a film with a rock in. Now, Wes, my son, is is nearly twenty-seven. So he grew up absolutely obsessed with wrestling from America. Mm. Yeah. And um you know, it used to be a bit of a thing, like a couple of the mums would get together, we'd all chip in, pay for the, you know, the three-hour wrestling thing that used to be on Sky. This is going back like 20 years ago. And while the kids, we used to dress the kids up. <laughs> yeah. Wes always wanted to be The Rock, but I wouldn't let him walk around in black pants and nothing else. <laughs> so I used to make him dress up as The Undertaker. Yeah, because <laughs> I really like The Undertaker. But all the kids would just wrestle each other while watching WrestleMania yeah. in Diane's living room, my friend, while the mums would sit down downstairs, pissed out of their brains, <laughs> eating cake. So that was a good <laughs> night out for, you know, I'm sure I'm not alone that lots of women have done that. So I was sort of familiar, you know, I know who The Rock is, Um and I think I think I must have seen practically every film that he's been in, except The Tooth Fairy. Mm. Now I I think that you know back in the day when I was younger, we had like Arnie and uh, Sly, you know, action heroes. Yeah, and like it's sort of bulky action heroes. Yeah, like, yeah, proper. Yeah. Like you knew if you were going to see a Stallone film, what you were going to get more or less. You know, it's going to be action, bloody blah. blah. And it's sort of trailed off a bit, hasn't it? There aren't so many action stars anymore. But probably, um, I can see his face now. Oh, I can't believe his name's just gone straight out of my head from What's London. Oh, da Jason Statham. Jason Statham, yeah. I yeah. mean, he's, you know, good looking, athletic, can kick people's heads in. 
you know, but he's like a one-dimensional character, really, isn't he, Jason? So he can only play Jason Statham in whatever he's... Now, that's not a criticism. I think he's great. I've got a lot of love for the Stath. Yeah. Same with The Rock, really. Not so much, though, a one-dimensional character, really. I think, deep down underneath, Dwayne can act a bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do think that. So when... I saw, I think I was in the cinema. It was probably round about Christmas when I made Dave go and see Star Wars. Um, I didn't make him. Well, I sort of did a little bit. <laughs> go and see Star Wars. And the, and the advert for Rampage came on and I looked at it. And I know that he probably thought, Tina's going to go. That's not French. <laughs> that, looks, that looks like shit. And I looked at it and I said, oh, my God, we've got to come and see that. It looks fucking awesome. Yeah. So when he suggested sort of a couple of weeks ago, let's should we go to the pictures to see Rampage? I was like, yes, let's go see Rampage. <laughs> oh, do you know what? It was the sort of film that I wanted, to, if I if I possibly could, get on the seat and go, whoop, 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 whoop. Really? <laughs> it was brilliant. I loved it. I loved so it. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the premise, it's based on a, a computer game, isn't it? I thought, you know? I, yeah, yeah, but I don't, I I have no idea. I sort of remember the big ape thing yeah. and that it was called Rampage. And that I said to Dave afterwards, does it sort of follow the game of Rampage? He's like, oh, no. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it is it's such a fun film. And if you can... Oh, what was that other film that The Rock was in um, where it was like a disaster and there was water everywhere? San Andreas. Oh, fuck, that's... I hate that film. Really? I, see, I quite like See, that. now, I like The Rock, but it's so... It's just so stupid, it's yeah. annoying. Now, this is stupid. Massive gorilla. <laughs> Massive yeah. wolf. <laughs> you know. But it's sort of... Because it's so stupid... You take it on board and embrace it. Yeah. yeah. San Andreas it, it, wasn't like that, though. It was like, uh, we've got to go and save the people in the building that's fallen over. And it's, mm, yeah. I just might, must like big gorillas, I suppose. <laughs> well, you're with Dave, let's be honest. So. He's not um, a big gorilla. <laughs> Neither are you, Geralt. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, The Rock from, because um, I was into wrestling Mm. Uh, you know, a few years ago, when I was a kid, and then I lost interest. Then, sort of like no, late nineties, early two thousands, when the Rock was really popular, yeah. I was into it then, and then again, I've lost interest in it all now. So, mm. but um, when he started his acting career, I remember um, he, he really took it seriously. And I think the yeah. thing about the Rock is that he does. You know, when he, he puts his mind to something, that's it. He's, you know, he's really focused on it. Uh, and he did, and he took little parts in things to, to get the experience mm. rather than sort of like going, oh, I'm going to be a big, yeah. massive star. He actually learned, you know, mm. how, and he's got, I think he's got real comedic timing as well, you know, the rock. If you yeah. look at, um, watched a film with him i talked about it a few few months ago um central intelligence have you seen that one with um kevin hart kevin hart i yeah. think i have seen it yeah but i can't again, remember it it's daft but i mean yeah. It, it, yeah. it is quite funny and yeah. the rock's quite funny in it you know um and for this muscle-bound guy he's he's, oh, he's not like arnie i think you know he's, he's he has mm. actually got um you know he, he's, he's more than just the muscle because i remember there's that uh film uh, it's one of his earlier films. Uh, wow, God, what was it? It was 
was it Welcome to the Jungle? Or basically, they passed each other in a nightclub, and that was they. I remember them saying that that's kind of like them Arnie passing the torch down to yeah to 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 Dwayne. You know, I think he could do a a serious film if he found the right film, the right you know story. I think he could do it, you know, because Arnie's done it, hasn't he? With that, um, oh, it was a, it was like a zombie film, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's um, got a, a woman's name, isn't it? I yeah, think. yeah, uh, yeah. It didn't work, and then, um, oh hell, what was that other film that he did? I'm sorry about this. <laughs> you can, like I said, you can <laughs> tell I haven't got IMDb up in front of me. Um, it was like he was um, a policeman. Oh. How long ago we're we talking? Only a couple of years. Uh, it was not, after not... he'd been, uh, and it was like an ensemble cast. Oh, um, the the Southland Tales was it or something no, like that? No, no, um, I can't remember what it's called. Sorry, um, but that's good. He's got quite a serious part in that. Snitch? Uh, was it Snitch? No, mm-hmm. no. Was it two words? Just begin with an S. You know, we've actually got it. And if I could see past all these films that I've got in front of me, I'd be able to tell you what it's called. Have you seen the trailer for his latest film that's coming out called Skyscraper? I haven't. He he plays a guy, um, he's got a prosthetic leg. um, (laughs) And basically, it looks like um, The Towering Inferno. Yeah. with the rock in it, uh, it looks daft, but we'll see. Um, but there was all those, all those rumours going back that he was going to be. And, and what do you think of this then? Because I, I don't know what you actually think of this film. I love it, but he's in the, rumoured to be Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China. How do you feel about a remake of that? Really? Yep. No. Can't see it. No. Definitely no. There's only one Jack Burton. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Absolutely, or, or it's like it when even when Kurt Russell did sort of a some semi remake of um, God, I've got bloody brain dead tonight. <laughs> He's come for the president. Snake Plissken. Hey. Oh, um, escape. Escape from, from New York. New York. Yeah. 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 You got. Even that was weird, even though he was the real Snake Plissken sort of 20 years later. But The Rock I was being... what, and he did Escape from L.A.? Yeah, as... it's terrible, oh, Phil. It's terrible. terrible. Yeah. I can't, no, he can't do that. I, well, I, you... I can't believe that it's such a popular film that even younger audiences, somebody even younger than my son, wouldn't mm. know what, what it was. You know, that... what, uh, why remake it? It was a huge flop though at the time, wasn't it, when it was released? Yeah, in, it was, in the, yeah, but uh, yeah. it's only through video, and you know, audiences have embraced it. I, I love Big Trouble in Little China. It's such a great oh, film. Oh, it's a, it's an amazing film, isn't it? But all those those early John Carpenter films are. Uh, see, I don't have a problem remembering John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> and that film was the last stand with Arnie. Oh, it's just popped back into my head. No, that was Schwarzenegger. Wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the one with Arnie. The, yeah, Johnny Arnie. Knoxville. Yeah, yeah, that's it? that one. It's quite a good yeah. film. That is. Well, yeah, it's sort of that. semi-serious. But but The Rock, I can really imagine him being. But again, you know, it'd have to be a really, really good story with you know. 
and I don't know what he could do that would be serious. Maybe something like Conan, but there already is a Conan. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did the um, sort of a Conan type of film, didn't he? Um, was oh, it was a Scorpion it? King, wasn't it? Hercules. Yeah, he did uh, Hercules. I haven't he? seen that. No, I've not seen that one either. No. So. Mm. Should we give that one a swerve? Ooh, well, it's uh, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Jumanji as well. That, that was good. Dave talked about that in the one. Yeah, the last I ones. yeah, I quite like that. I actually yeah. didn't think it was good as the original Jumanji, but then you can't beat Robin Williams for me, can you? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it has got Karen Gillan in it, who looked quite yeah. nice. Yeah, she's seven foot eight. You know, Karen. Is she? Yeah. <laughs> and she's not a real ginger. <laughs> no. No, I know that because I've seen pictures of her naked. Have you? Ooh. No, I made it up. Oh, damn. <laughs> got really excited then. I was going to ask you I thought you probably, oh, can you forward them to me? No, I can't because I'm a bitch. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> go on then. What you got next? I've got, well, don't, don't you, do you want to talk about something or do you want me to oh. go through all the films that I've watched that other people need to watch as well because they're so good? Go on then. I'll do one um, to, just to, just to, break things up a little bit then so uh, on netflix i know dave uh and i think you've t- talked about this but dave i know has definitely uh and it's from 2016 it's on netflix mm. and it is hunt for the wilder people <gasps> um and it's by director uh, taika how do you pronounce it Watiki. yeah um yeah and i've got another film of his to talk about later on but um i i I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I have to say, because as I say, I know Dave had said how much he enjoyed it, and, and you know, it's one of those films that generally gets universal praise. And then mm. you think, oh, it can't be that good. It can't be that good. I laughed yeah. all the way through. Um, so it, it's about this delinquent boy and he goes to live in the bush with uh, new foster parents and Sam Neill plays a grumpy sort of like bloke he lives lives on a farm and this kid this kid he's, he was given up by his mom at a very young age and he's you know gone off and he's gone off the rails and everything he's quite a large kid uh, but you wouldn't expect him to do a lot of the things that they've kind of accused him of doing um, and it's it kind of it's just about him getting used to the whole situation but the, I love the way the film moves at such a pace that it's just almost kind of relentless and it's just mm. it's but it's not that it's you, you miss over stuff but it just moves from one scene to the next so quickly and the the way that it's written and the delivery you know from the actors involved the little kid is absolutely brilliant um he his name's Julian Dennison um and it's just there's a lot of people that you've seen now in this that I've seen it in the next film that I'm going to be talking about I mean the woman who plays like kind of the uh, child uh, services officer is mm. brilliant she's uh, played by a woman called Rachel House um, and it's she's it's in just, all his films it, yeah, well she, I'm going to talk about it, but she's great as well yeah like, and all this. it's so funny but honestly I, I was and but then at the same time it's really heartwarming and just yeah. a brilliant tale and story and by the end of it all you know because Sam Neill doesn't want anything to do with this kid and mm. something happens and it kind of forces them together mm. and then you know it's about how they end up relying on each other and mm. and becoming friends you know yeah. and but it's such a beautiful story and it's such a beautiful film and I have to say it makes New Zealand look gorgeous 
<laughs> it does, doesn't you know, it? it just looks amazing. Can you, know? you sing the song? Oh, I can't, I can't. No, again, that's the thing. The soundtrack's brilliant, you know, but uh, um, it's, yeah, it's great. It really is. And I mean, we've been big fans of um, the, oh God, Taika, I'm just going to call him that because it's yeah. just, it, it's probably, you know, kind of ruining his name. But anyway, <laughs> um, but from what we do in the shadows, which is such a fantastic movie as well. Um, yeah. But I did, I laughed all the way through this, you know, there's some really, really funny stuff in there. Um, well, I'll yeah. tell you a film actually that Taika Waititi um, directed when he first started directing. Um, and now and again, it appears on film four in Britain. Mm. Uh, I know that you can get it on DVD uh, and I think it's quite cheap as well. Uh, I don't think it's on Netflix or Amazon, but it's a film called Boy. Okay. And uh, he plays Taker, play, directed, wrote it and plays the dad of a brood of New, Ze New Zealand like Maori kids. And it's really, really funny, but like Hunt for the Wilder People, it's very poignant and has a big heart and is upsetting and makes you want to cry but laugh. Yeah. And is life-affirming and shows you what our souls people can be, but how wonderful they can be at the same time. And if you like Hunt for the Wilder People and you haven't seen it, try and watch Boy first then watch Hunt for the Wilder People because they're almost companion pieces uh, as far as films go. Um, he's he's just such a talented bloke. He is, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's know, what, I think he's 42. Or he's, he's really young, but he's, yeah. he's, so, he's so funny. But the fact that he can direct something so beautifully, I mean, you've only got to look how funny Thor Ragnarok is. Yeah. Uh, and then he can stand in front of the camera and do a fucking great job of, you yeah. know, he is brilliant. I think he he's is. just brilliant. His Instagram is hilarious. Really? Yeah. He, um, he did another film that I didn't know at the time he directed, but I've looked through his filmography. Um, mm. Eagle versus Shark, which I quite like as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. It's been a while since I've seen that, but I do uh, remember like quite a quirky yeah, kind yeah. of like different take on a love story, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. Um, well, I suppose I might as well jump straight in now. Then, he's in as much as that. So that's the other film that I watch because I mentioned earlier on that I can't. Well, I can go and watch Avengers, but from what. Um, Adam has, has gone and seen it and I, I said will I miss out on details if I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok and Guardians mm. of the Galaxy 2 yeah. and he said um, and also Black Panther as well he said Black Panther not so much because he was introduced in Civil War so you've kind of already got his story and, and kind of the Black Panther film is separate mm. really but he, he did say that Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy you, there are things in those films that you're probably going to wonder well where did that come from if you haven't seen them right so i've made it my mission to watch these now thought thor is available to buy mm. uh, uh now and uh, so is guardians of the galaxy and i think yeah. they're on sky as well uh, but anyway again i didn't expect it to be as good as it was <laughs> 
Four. And it is so brilliant, yeah. and it is so funny, and so the, the, the well, the story with this one, because I have to say, I mean, it's weird to think, you know, you're going back to the original Thor films directed by Kenneth Branagh. I think the second one was directed by a guy who was involved with um, Game of Thrones. Mm. Um, the first film I like; it's an origin movie, so mm. it's. You know, it's got its moments, like fish out of water, kind of where he goes to Earth, and he's, you know, there's some quite funny moments in there. Uh, but it's an origin story. It's okay, everything else. Uh, Branagh made built it up to be this. Oh, it's going to be like a big Shakespearean kind of thing. Well, it, yeah, okay. Hey, don't you not Ken? I love Ken. No, I like Ken. I do like Ken. I have to say, um, but um, you know, it's it's a not Marvel origin film. Yeah. Second film I thought was really disappointing, and I cannot remember a single thing about it. If I'm perfectly honest, have you seen the set? Is yeah. it the Dark World? I, do, I, do you like like I, it? Or out of the Avengers. I, I, my favourite, Captain America, hands down. Yeah. Um, the 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 Captain America films. I've seen them all in the cinema. Um, then I'd say Thor. Um, the second film, I I like the second film. I think it's darker. Mm. Um, and I, it's it's different. Uh, I don't think it's shit. Mm. I like the first Thor film a lot. It's all about Chris Hemsworth, though, because I don't think Natalie Portman was the best choice to be his Jane. Mm. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I know what you mean. Because um, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, I've read Marvel comics and stuff, but mm. I can't. I'm not a massive aficionado when it comes to it, or, or font of knowledge when it comes to mm. them. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pick holes in in them or anything like that. But so, yeah, I mean, the, the story with this one is that. Um, well, there's a prophecy that this big monster dude is going to destroy, um, what's it called, Asgard, mm-hmm. and and Thor goes off to stop it, and then something happens, and Kate Blanchett's character's involved, and uh, she plays the is it the Queen of Death or something like yeah, that? And yeah. So and so great headdress. It, I tell you what. <laughs> I, I was quite. So, I mean, Kate Blanchett doesn't really do anything for me. I must admit. But the, the, yeah. when you first see her and she's all gothed up yeah. and she's got that tight black suit on, I was like, "Oof, what do you hell. like?" Wow, bit of um, latex and you're anybody's. But I tell you what, the one, the, the woman in this that that I, I thought was wow, she's amazing. Is Tessa Thompson? Yeah. And, her yeah. character is brilliant as well. She plays a uh, a Valkyrie, and um, she's brilliant. But anyway, g- going back. Chris Hemsworth is Thor and the story is so he gets again kind of his sister comes along and fucks shit up and he gets uh, cast down into this planet run by Jeff Goldblum and uh, it's it's kind of about him going back to Asgard to save the day and, mm. and, and that's kind of what it boils down to and then he meets um, Bruce is it Bruce or David Banner I always get mixed up well, it's he, bruce banner isn't it was he david yeah. in the tv show I, that's it yeah, yeah but anyway uh so yeah and and then it that there the interaction everything between those two is oh. so well done and so funny and it's probably up there with one of my favorite but marvel a lot, films a lot of fans avengers fans have complained that it's too funny I don't get that. I don't no, get that at all. No. I mean, Jeff Goldblum is absolutely brilliant yeah. in this as well. Yeah. It's just, I think everybody's just fantastic. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, I mean, you like Idris Elba as well. It's got Idris Elba in it. And, Ooh, Idris uh, Elba. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston. Um, oh, oh, Idris Elba, Tom Hiddleston, and then Chris, Chris, 
Chris Hemsworth on top. Maybe <laughs> Idris from behind. What? And then Geralt, yeah. But oh, it's... I can't. Well, he's out on the unicorn at the moment, so... There is an absolutely fantastic bit, very close to... I mean, the comedy just really yeah. starts as, as soon as the film starts, really. Um, and But then there's this, an amazing scene... Do you scene, think... Yeah. Do you think that they went... I mean, do you think they really went down the comedy route after Deadpool came out? Um, because I, Deadpool it, it is a most singular film as far as violence and comedy goes that I think that it really... Because Ryan Reynolds went, we're going to make this film, they're going to write it, and fuck you, it's going to be R-rated. We're going to mm. blow people's heads off. Because we're grown-ups and that's what we want to see. We don't want it to cut away. We want to see their heads blowing off, don't we? Mm. And I think I think Deadpool's be, been a bit of a game-changer, the way that maybe um, Chris Nolan's Batman was back in the day. It took all that day-glow stuff and got rid of it and went, right, we're going for the dark night this is serious. Um, you know, I shouldn't really comment on on the new Batman, but I, you know, because I haven't seen the last film, the one where um, the moustache is there and isn't. Oh, the and Justice League, yeah. The no, Justice I... I just have no, and I, I love Jason Momoa as well, and the thought of Aquaman being in something, and I just went, oh, I can't be asked. I, I don't want to yeah. watch it. I, I you know, yeah. when it comes out, maybe. If it's on Netflix in a couple of years, I might watch it, but I have absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. I mean, I, I saw um, Man of Steel, which, again, I, I like quite a lot of that, um, and there's some good stuff in it, but I think it's one of those, because Christopher Nolan produced that, and I think you can see a, quite a lot of his influence on, on that film, mm. whereas then I watched Batman versus Superman, thought it was boring as shit. Oh, and it's it, that I, big, the big battle thing at the end constantly like the noise and it's just like right it's near the end of the film now there's going to be a big battle yeah it it's just but anyway the, the marvel movies i think they, they they a lot of them do tend to suffer a little bit from the everybody become has become a bit of a smart ass and a bit of a smart mm. aleck and you've always got to have those type of characters in them to a certain degree yeah. but i think what i'd like i mean personally i like to think um that rather than them being influenced by deadpool i think i like to think that this now having seen uh, hunt for the wilder people this mm. is more his influence yeah. than yeah being influenced by another movie yeah. and I, because again there's quite a lot of, i mean the guy who's um he's a rock character he's like he's like not the rock you know that's he's, he's based, that's taika that, that's him. yeah and, yeah and the way he's voiced it he's yeah. so funny and mm. i don't think that you'd get that in mm. in a lot of other films you know and it just oh, it's just so good it really is and i, mm. I think again chris hemsworth um you know he kind of gets um you know, he is a good-looking guy. Let's be honest, and everything else. Uh, but he's actually got quite. I love his comedic timing in it. He's mm. really good, you know. Yeah. And you can see how he's developed with these movies. But there was. I'm not going to give it away. But the scene just after the beginning, where Thor goes back to Asgard just before he he goes off to this uh, this other place, 
there's a scene and and it's like there's some great cameos do you remember those from other actors like well-known actors where they're playing out this scene um yeah yeah oh my god i was watching that thinking (laughs) this is brilliant you know the fact that they've they've done that in a in a big budget film yeah is brilliant and so it's great you know and fantastic i'm really pleased that a guy um uh like you know said has come from kind of i suppose an indie background and everything has has had the opportunity to make this kind of film and yeah yeah. Fair play, and he's made it his own, and I, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's really left his stamp all over it, hasn't he? It's and I think really the, the, the one thing that you can say about the Marvel films is that they have been, I suppose, in some ways, quite brave with a lot of their directorial choices. Mm. You know, they haven't just gone to tried and tested names; they have given people the chance mm. to put their own stuff. I mean, you wouldn't necessarily think that Kenneth Branagh would be the first choice to make. A Marvel movie, necessarily, you, well, I guess. Well, no, you wouldn't, would you? But then, if you've seen Hamlet, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, Hamlet's, it's amazing. And how he didn't, like, win an Oscar for it, I don't know. Because he sort of encapsulates this really, really, like, long six-hour play into, like, two and a half hours. Yeah. But the way he filmed it is totally Thor, just like yeah. you think Thor should be. Yeah. I like Kenneth Branagh though, but, but then uh, Chris, Chris Ham- Hemsworth is a can actually. I mean, he's to me Chris Hem- Hemsworth is the epitome of the perfect man. He's blonde. He's got the perfect figure, sense of humour. He's handsome. He's just like the ultimate sperm donor for any woman. <laughs> I don't know a woman that hasn't gone Ooh, that far. No, Kay likes him a lot. She, yeah. she must. I must admit. I thought she'd like him uh, a little bit less when he had his hair cut in this Ooh, one. No, he looks better with short uh, But uh, And mm. she liked him in Ghostbusters as well, the, the oh, recent yeah. Ghostbusters. Um, but, yeah, it's great. I mean, it, it is. And, that's so, um, and, again, talking about, again, being brave with the directorial, directorial choices. Mm. You know, James Gunn, you know, another brave choice because, again, his background's in trauma movies, uh, making some sort of, like, you know, kind of quite weird, um, funky horror films and stuff like that. I love Slither, uh, yeah. which, you know, it's yeah. a cracking film. But, you know, and, and uh, then... When they get picked to make those kinds of movies, their influences in terms of who stars in them starts to creep into it. Because, mm. like with Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got um, oh, Michael Rooker, you know, yeah, and yeah. Henry uh, portrait of a serial killer, and everything, yeah. you know, and you're thinking, again, he's great in those movies, and and so it's great that they have that kind of influence. So well, then well that's another film that got absolutely pissed all over by fans when it came out. Which one? Henry? Uh, no, no, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> oh, it's shit, blah de blah And I thought it was a really, you know, it was too fantastical with um, Kurt Russell and it was daft and it wasn't as good as the first one and all the big um, critics didn't like it as much as the first one. I actually think, I actually like it a bit better than the first one. The first one's brilliant, mm. but I like the second one because it's it's a relationship story, and I think right at the end of it, oh, it made me a bit like, oh, yeah. I think it's the two really good films. 
Yeah. So I've got that to watch next. So, but that'll oh, you be... haven't seen it? No, no, no. So, but I, I do want to. I want to watch those, and then it's I can go good. and watch the Avengers, and then yeah. So yeah. I can see what that's all about. Yeah. So, but yeah. Anyway, I remember watching the Avengers in the cinema, and I have to say it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And it was one of those films that uh, there's loads of kids in there, but there was one kid, and it just kind of made it for me you know we sometimes mm. we can get all cynical about oh there's too many of these films now and i'm getting fed up with them and mm. burnt out there was a little kid dressed as captain america in the <laughs> cinema and Aww. i thought that must be the best day of his life yeah. and how amazing is that you know yeah. so you know so good on them but no and, and it, it so there you go those are my those are my movies i do have one tv but then i've got the double dip so go on oh god i've got like 26 pages here chris oh my god i am really? not joking I've got, no. I've got like films to talk Dave about. These bloody films. I've got one TV. I've yeah. got events and oh. a documentary to talk about. A podcast and some music. Go on then. I better zip through them. Right. Okay. Go, go on then. First film, Dave made me watch. It's on Amazon. And Dave went to fright, not fright fest, Grimfest. Oh God, I hope I've got that right. If I've got that wrong, Dave will put it in the notes. <laughs> I think it was Grimfest in Manchester. Yeah. So he goes to Grimfest. There'll be a review on the site of this film. Um, it's called Killing Ground, and it's an Australian independent horror film. When mm. he came home, he said, oh, my God, I saw this film, this Australian film. Uh, it's directed and written by a man called Damien Power. So briefly, young couple in love, get in the car, Australian outback drive to a lake so they they put their tent up and they're all lovey-dovey she asks him to marry her he says yes the tent across the way from them there's nobody there so she's a bit nosy and she's like he's a doctor her boyfriend which is quite relevant at points mm. uh, she's like I wonder where they are Oh, don't be so nosy. They're probably gone into the bush for a walk. So this goes on over like maybe a night and the next morning. Oh, my God. And then you find out what happened to the people in the next tent. Without giving the story away, it involves a baby. Oh, God. Oh, it is. it is. I I think of horror films. To me, horror is sort of ghost stories and monster stories. And stories about sort of people who kill people and slash them and rape them and that sort of thing. It's it's not a horror film to me. It's I like to call them sort of slasher films because mm. it hasn't got that sort of supernatural element to it. Is horror for me? This has no supernatural element to it. It I have never felt so. Oh, it's one of those films where I was like, oh my god. Oh God! Oh God! Oh, oh! 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 Run away! Run away! Run away! Run away! And it's not annoying where the girl goes, "Oh, I've fallen over! Help me! Help me!" It's not like that at all. Mm. It's horrific. And when it ended, I was covered in sweat. Really? It's a cracking film. Uh, really, I would say eight and a half out of ten for me. It's horrible. Wow. It is a horrible film, but also quite brilliant. And I think that this guy, this Damien, who directed it, Damien Power, he's going places because, yeah, um, yeah not the sort of film that you want to watch with Kay. 
because she would hate it because yeah. I, I i you know like i like films like martyrs um and even though i get uh, eden lake in particular is one film that i Just i've only ever seen it that. once yeah. yeah i've only ever seen it once and i wouldn't watch it and i was really bloody cross at the end of it but isn't that great that that a film has made me feel like that Mm. I mean, from yeah. what you're saying, it's. I mean, like Wolf Creek as well. If you, uh, oh yeah, that's another uh, one. <laughs> and I mean, like going back to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, yeah. it's kind of. I suppose the the scariest thing is that these things can actually happen yeah. in real life. Yeah. You know, that's the scariest thing. Australian horror, again, you know, slasher more than ghosty stuff. Um, can't beat it. It's brilliant. I think Australian film is fantastic. And we get a lot of um, review films from a company called Umbrella Films in Australia. Um, and we watched one, again, you know, Dave doesn't like us to talk about films that we re review. Um, but the films that we've watched from Australia, please check out the website and look at all the Umbrella films that we've reviewed. They're cracking films, right? You know, right back from the 60s, uh, the films from the late 70s, right up to like this Killing Ground isn't hasn't come out on, on Umbrella. But the history of film in Australia is, you know, like Peter Weir, who did um, The Truman Show. He's an Australian director yeah, yeah. did picnic at hanging rock have you ever seen picnic at hanging rock i've not no, no absolutely not amazing film that you know sort of people my age would go oh yeah oh yeah i've heard of that and no not many people watch it now it's an amazing film again you know i'm not going to tell you about it just google it and then go and buy it but yeah. um, Killing Ground, yeah, it's on Amazon. So if you get Amazon Prime, you can watch it. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so another film that we watched, um, which fell to me out of the sky magically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on Fairy Wings, um, which I really, really wanted to see uh, because I'd read the book several years ago. Um, uh, it's called Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool. Have you heard of that no i haven't actually what's this one about then right this one's about um this just ordinary lad from liverpool uh who is jamie bell in the film mm. um who was in billy elliot uh he's an actor and i think he's in a play in the everman and sort of shares digs with this sort of you know middle-aged blonde american actress has no idea who she is uh, and then other people say to him, you know, oh, you know, she is, don't you? Yeah, she was a big star back in the day. Glory Graham. Ever heard of her? You Glo know, you would know her if you saw her photo. Gloria. Is this a real person? Yeah, or is real it... person. Oh, okay. It's a true story. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, go on, carry on. Glory Gay Graham was in one of my favourite films called The Big Heat. Again, <laughs> reviews on the website. A, a film noir from the 50s starring Lee Marvin. Really, really famous noir scene in this film where Lee Marvin uh, gets pissed off with her and throws boiling hot coffee in her face and mm. her face melts. It's not a horror film. <laughs> it's a, a film noir. Absolutely cracking film. So anyway, you know, she's got such an amazing history. Her life was like, she was married to... Uh, Nicholas Ray and then 
years later, uh, he, he kicked her out because I don't know whether or not this is true. This is what I've read uh, in biographies of her, um, that her husband caught her in bed with his son, who was 13. Ooh. And then years later, she married the son. Oh, my God. Anthony right. Ray. And they had two children together. But she was very beautiful and sort of got to look the way she did through mm, sort of 1940s, 50s uh, cosmetic surgery, which didn't go very well. But she's really famous for her pout. and She was always the sexy, bad, blonde girl in films. Um, so... So this is a film about this uh, Jamie Bell's character, Peter, who who sort of meets her, starts a bit of an affair with her, then suddenly becomes sort of over time, realises just what a big film star she used to be. Mm. She won an Oscar and she's living in Liverpool in digs, just doing any job she can in the theatre. So is this based on a true story yeah. then? Yeah, oh, okay. the, there's yeah. a book, actually. That's how I knew about this story. Um, and it's called Film Stars Don't Die in Liverpool. It's, you know, again, you know, the book's more involved than the film. Hmm. And the film is... I don't know if they've done it on purpose, but they filmed it in Britain. And a couple of times, like, they moved to New York together. So there's a lot of, like, they're sitting in a car and driving in the car and like you can tell that it's a film going on behind them not a real beach scene which is yeah. is a bit weird but i don't know if the filmmakers have done that on purpose but um well to cut a long story short i mean if you read anything about this film you'll you'll read it anyway because this is what the story's about she's got cancer and um they've split up by now you know, they sort of saw each other for a couple of years and split up because he got a job back in Liverpool and she stayed in America. And then he found out that she was back in Britain in a play and she's poorly. She collapses. They find his phone number in her bag, phone him, and she wants to go back to his mum and dad's house to die. Mm. And that more or less is what happens. But um, it's, it's worth a watch if you're into old Hollywood and you don't know anything about Gloria Graham because it's just such an unusual story. Yeah, it is. I've, I've, yeah. Said I've, I've not heard of it, really. I've not heard of any of it about it, to be honest. Now I've looked at some of the pictures on IMDb mm. and stuff. I, I have seen in, in magazines and stuff, but I haven't really paid much attention to, to it, mm. I must admit. Yeah, mm. it's. Pro I don't know if... Um, I don't know if it's the sort of film that you would like. Hmm. It's a sort of film Adam would like from the Hollywood Histories Secret, podcast, yeah. you know, the Secret Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, but it's quite interesting. And and Jamie Bell, I think, from being a child actor to being, you know, now he's a man, it, he's a really good actor. I really like him, and he gets yeah. to dance in the film as well, which is quite oh, funny. Does he? Ah, yeah, okay. he does like a piss taker, John Travolta. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was that was quite good. Um, Another film, the next two films I saw, uh, I really liked. One was uh, a film directed by Lynn Ramsey. Um, Lynn Ramsey's a really controversial British lady director. Uh, have you seen or heard of a film called We Need to Talk About Kevin? 
Yes, I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Yes. What a cracking film that is! It's it's another one of those films where you're watching it going, "No, don't do that." Oh, that's not going to happen. Oh my god! Oh my god! He's done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very disturbing. It's a and it is such a good film. It's it's really good. Um, and she directed another film called Morven Caller, which is an incredible film that nobody's seen. And another film called Ratcatcher. Great film. Nobody's seen yeah. it. So this film, Joaquin Phoenix, You Were Never Really Here. Now, this is also a film that magically appeared to me one night. <laughs> Geralt bought it on his uniform. He bought it on his unicorn. Again, because I couldn't see it any other way. Wasn't showing in any of my local cinemas. I think it was only on, like, Manchester. Um, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, what do you think of him? Yeah, I mean, I've seen him in th different films, like, um, was it Signs he was in, Walk yeah. the Line, Gladiator? Um, those are the ones that come to, to mind. Yeah, and he's a, he's a good actor. I mean, he did. He, yeah, he went through that phase, didn't he? Which I think, um, looking at it now, was a bit of a piss take because he didn't. Did he do that rap sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he appeared on Letterman and there was a bit of an awkward situation between them, uh, which I've watched YouTube videos of. But then that's kind of like oh, I uh, seen that. come out where, he, he, again, he, people thought he'd just gone a bit crazy. But actually, he was in character for this, mm, for that, this thing yeah. he was doing. Yeah. Which I, I've was actually that, never still seen. Here, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, um, it is. I, I've never seen it. No, I think most it, people know him because he's the emperor. Uh, Commodus in... Gladiator, the bad guy in in Gladiator. That's it, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was in um, Buffalo Soldiers, which is quite a good film as well, quite like that, and 8mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick Cage. He plays like a porn yeah. kind of... He, he sells porn and it's all about snuff movies and stuff like that. That's, a, that's a great film, that, isn't it? I haven't seen that for years. Joel Schumacher directed that one, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, I think he did, weirdly. didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He's in a film called Her as well that came out about five years ago that's quite unusual but a really good film that not many people have watched because it's basically him going around talking and he falls in love with the equivalent of siri is that how you say it yeah 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 that's a great Ale thing. alexa that kind of thing Ale yeah alexa yeah, so yeah, yeah you can tell i haven't got a an iphone uh so this film um when I, oh God, I, I again, you know, really wanted to watch it because I, I really like Lynn Ramsey and I knew that it would be a gritty film. It's beyond gritty. Really? And in, interestingly, I am friends with quite a few writers and they're proper writers, <laughs> not like me, <laughs> proper writers who write for like Sight and Sound a mm. magazine that's out in Britain. Um, and one of my friends is called Amy Simmons. Now, Amy um, not only writes for, you know, Time Out and Sight and Sound and uh, Tote Film and Empire, but she also writes the booklets that come in films for uh, Arrow Films and Indicator and Masters of Cinema. Lovely, wow. lovely lady. And we bonded over our love of horror films. We like really do like the same type of films. And I said, oh, if I see a film, I said, oh, God, Amy, you've got to watch this. And she says, 
oh yeah well yeah I watched it on teen you've got to watch this so I said oh my god I watched you were never really here she, what did you think of it I said I loved it she said I absolutely fucking hated it but shit wow and it was it's the first time we've disagreed on a film mm. um and again we're similar age uh sort of not similar backgrounds because I think she went to Oxford <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know but she but we do you know we are you know we talk about films a lot so whacking phoenix is i think probably an ex-soldier who's got ps post-traumatic P- P- ptsd i can't say it <laughs> that, he's got that you don't really know that for certain because he has flashbacks and these flashbacks occur in flashes i mean literally half a second it's the Ooh, was that something? It's that quick. Yeah. You see his home life where he visits his mother. I don't think he lives with his mother. He's very loose and I don't know where he really lives. And I don't know if he's really exists, which sounds really weird, doesn't it? But mm. he basically saves girls that have been sex trafficked. Mm. So this is a story about um, him saving a girl uh, and she's a little girl. So the nature of this film is very uncomfortable viewing. You would be very cross because you've got two beautiful daughters and this is about saving little girls from bad men. Yeah. I think it's probably top three best films I've seen this year. Really, really moving. Whacking Phoenix. If if I could give him an award for his acting in this film, I'd give it him now. Um, I again, you know, it's really difficult to talk about a film when you want to tell somebody that it's really good and it it's wrenching and it's only short. It it's I think it's just under an hour and a half. And it's a difficult watch, but it's really gratifying. It's exceptionally violent. Mm. Um, and he's like just so good in it. And the little girl that's in it as well is really good, and but silent as well. Mm. Um, and I don't really want to tell you any more about it, except that if you get an opportunity to watch it, and again, you know, it's a difficult watch. And I think it... A lot of, I think it's the sort of film that you've got to watch and take it as it is and sort of not overanalyze it as you're watching it. Just watch it and let it wash over you mm. and you'll enjoy it more than going, why has he done that? Is that real? Is that really happening? It, it sounds like it's got a little bit of taxi driver about it as well, from what you're saying. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. That it's kind not, of thing. It's not a lot like taxi driver because no. the, the, we're talking about little kids who are getting sexually abused and groomed and taken away from families and he doesn't shy away from it from the horror of it you don't mm. see anything yeah but it's one of those films again if i can go back to the beginning of when we started it's got a, a beginning it's got a really good middle and it's got a cracking end so <laughs> it gives gives a total thumbs up from me so that's oh, fantastic a, that's a great film Another absolutely wonderful film. 
I'm dedicating this to you, Jerry Gelliff. <laughs> if you're listening, Jerry. Jerry and I, um, you know, we've been friends for a couple of years now, and uh, I have a, I have this fantasy that one day I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, it's about... It's me and Jerry, this fantasy. Seriously. I've been absolutely serious now. One day I'm going to come into money and I'm going to fly over to America. I'm going to get a limo. I'm going to go to Jerry's house and go, go, Jerry, get in the limo. <laughs> yeah. And me and Jerry are going to Montana and we're going to pretend to be cowboys for a week. Nice. I, I know there are sounds... worse fantasies to have. <laughs> I just, because Jerry likes history and I, I'm really interested in American history as well. Um, So the film is Hostiles. Have you heard of it? I'm going to have a look at it now. Christian um... Bale. And oh, Rosamund well, Pike. Yeah, Christian Bale, yeah. Oh, my God. I Nothing can surpass a cowboy film for me. Westerns are the best genre ever. I I love Westerns uh, more than any other type of film. If I, I just love them. I really wanted to go and see this in the cinema, and I so regret that I didn't see this incredible looking film in the cinema mm. because it is uh, i mean just apart from the story the acting the feel of it the vistas in it wherever they filmed it oh my god it's just i i i'm 53 and i lived in los angeles for years and never really noticed the sky the the sun the you know the moon where mm. i was i mean it was because i was young i was too busy getting pissed and shagging to notice all that stuff yeah so going back to florida last year was a real epiphany for me as far as sunsets go i know it sounds but anybody who's listening to this who actually lives in florida oh my god have you got any idea how lucky you are living where you do, where you can just like open your window at eight o'clock and go, yeah, sun's going down. Oh my God, look at that. <laughs> it's just the, it's just the most incredible thing living nearer the equator to see that never ending sky and wherever they filmed this, which I I don't know where they filmed it, but it just looks so beautiful. So the story, have a guess what the story is, Chris. Cowboys. Uh, well, I've just had a look. I've cheated. Not boy. IMDb. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christian Bale is in the army, yes. and I think it's uh, post Civil War. So he's been tasked to take this chieftain to die back in his homelands. So they're traveling. He's obviously hates Indians. He's, I don't know if, I suppose, you know, can you call him a racist? You know, it's like 200 years ago. I, I don't know. Don't want to get into all that shit. Hmm. Um, you know, he just hates Indians. He's seen the murder men that he thinks the world of, his comrades. While he also is guilty of murdering, you know, the indigenous people of America as well. So... Right, so all that's going on. Doesn't want to take this Indian and his family back to the homelands to die. He thinks, fuck them, they're Indians. They can fucking die murdering bastards. 
So on the planes is Rosamund Pike with a husband and her three children, two little girls and a baby. The Indians attack the homestead. And as she's running away with the, the baby to her, uh, the Indians come, they kill the husband, then they shoot one little girl in the back, then they shoot the other little girl in the head, and then they shoot Rosamund Pike, but they miss her and hit the baby. Jesus, yeah. So this is, yeah, so so Christian Bale's, you know, going off with the Indian, he comes across Rosamund Pike with the dead baby. She's been there for a while and she can't let the baby go. And lots of stuff happens. And again, you know, it's one of those films, beginning, middle, cracking end. It's such a good film. And like You Were Never Really Here makes you go, oh, God, I think I need a bit of a lie down after that. When you've watched Hostiles, I thought, oh, I think I need a bit of a lie down now I've watched that. But, but <laughs> It sounds intense. It's, in, it's, it's, it's not an intense film. It's a life-affirming film of understanding of us all being the same of you know what's the point of killing each other and it's a great action film as well great great film can't praise it enough so that that's two really great films so that's you were never really here and hostiles just go out and buy them mm. don't buy red sparrow <laughs> Red Sparrow? Oh, my God, I've not heard of this one. Who's in oh, that one? Oh, God, come on, Chris, go and have a look at her. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, yeah, yes, no, it's come back to me. That's mm. why I hadn't heard of it, because I think it just passed. Um, she needs uh, well. passing. She what? <laughs> she, nothing, nothing. Do you like her? She's rather you know, beautiful, isn't she? I think, well, I asked Kay this, and um, she has her moments, but then sometimes... Not so much as well. Mm. Um, so she's all right. Yeah, I mean, she's okay. I don't go weak at the knees for her, put it like that. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Jennifer Lawrence, I should yeah. have, shouldn't I, really? Yeah, so Jennifer Lawrence, she's like the biggest star in Hollywood at the moment, isn't she? Um, yeah. I read the book of Red Sparrow. Well, I say read. I didn't read it. Uh, because I spend a lot of time painting, I have a choice between reading a book or painting so i listen constantly to either podcasts or um audiobooks yes yeah so when i say i've read a book i haven't actually read it i've listened to it so i've listened to red sparrow um it's quite a confusing story um joel edgerton's in it he's okay matthias schunartz is in it as well He's okay. He's like the evil uncle. Uh, it's a spy, sort of Cold War thriller that's gained a lot of notoriety because <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence is completely naked in it and gets shagged a couple of times. Mm -hmm. You see her boobs <laughs> yeah. and you sort of see her... You don't see her fanny, but you see her <laughs> arse. Okay. I mean, she's gorgeous, and she has a an incredible figure. And I I really like Jennifer Lawrence. Actually, I re, I do, I don't think Dave likes her very much, but I quite like her because I really like the Hunger Games films. I think they're great. I 
got a lot of time for them but mm. i really like it she's in a in a film called winter's bone i think it was her first film yes. which is a, a brilliant film uh absolutely amazing film and she gives an amazing performance in it mm. as well so i i was quite interested to watch red sparrow and i watched it and i thought never gonna get that two and a half hours back didn't really yeah yeah didn't do anything for me even though i got to see a wobbly ass and a tits <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm tempted to watch it just for that, to be honest with you. But I've also heard it's quite full on and a bit gratuitous in places. Like, there's, yeah. uh, you know, because they're, they're teaching them to be sort of like spies, aren't they? Mm. And then, so yeah. they make them watch porn and then. Yeah. You don't uh, get perform, to see any of it. Perform and sex acts on each other. And yeah, but like that, I you think know. that's titillation on the part of the of publicity for the film where yeah. they're sort of saying you know they have to do sex acts on each other and it's really awful and jennifer you know we had to like give her extra money and blah blah you don't see anything and it's mm. not titillating no no and but it, it's, you know, it's quite nasty in places no like, as it's not it's not not just oh, some of the violence and stuff no no oh, uh, atomic yeah. blonde now that has got some nasty female instigated violence in it. That film is a great film. Charlie Theron, amazing in it. The fight scenes because like she's like fighting people and then she bleeds at the end of it. Great film. Red Sparrow, if it had been more like Atomic Blonde, I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah. But it's a bit like meh wet. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it is. So, uh, yeah, so did I zip through those quick enough? Those are the films. Well, uh, talking about um, uh, the, the, the Jennifer Lawrence, because mm. I, I, mean, I haven't seen Winter's Bone, I must admit, but she, that's the film that she, she gained quite a lot of uh, yeah. notoriety for, wasn't it? But yeah. a couple of years before that, and again, a film I'd never heard of until we got it to review, was called Poker House. It's, it's got a different oh, yeah. name. I never saw that because you reviewed it. Yeah, it's going back a bit now, but I reviewed it a couple of years ago, and it's it's sort of based on the true life story of Laurie Petty, who people probably remember from Point Break and Tank Girl, Um, and it's she's actually really good because like people who say, oh my god, she was amazing in Winter's Bone, but then this came out a couple of years before then, and she's actually very good in this too. Mm. So um, the film itself, it's it's okay, it's nothing amazing, but. Uh, it also stars a very young Chloe Grace. Is it Grace Moretz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you mean. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so um, but yeah, it's so I just thought people always talk about Winter's Bone, but then I was think, well, there was that film. Like I said, it, it's not called The Poker House. It's called something else. I'm going to find <laughs> out because it's going to annoy me. But mm. um, but go on then. Go on. What, what else have you got then? Have you got any? Have you gone to TV then? Yes, next? you can go on to TV next. So it's your turn now. Ooh, okay. <laughs> hey, shut well, your mouth, Tina. <laughs> I think, to be fair, this is going to be something that we're both going to be talking about because I'd class it as TV because mm. uh, it's on Netflix. Yeah, and it is uh, absolutely amazing. Mm. Uh, it is the Santa Clarita Diet. Have yes. you w- watched I've, all of this yet? I think we've got up to number four or five uh, because Dave uh, he he instructed me before I. I came on tonight he told me that I had to make notes about everything that I watched but I'm not allowed to talk about anything that I haven't completed so we haven't watched the end of it but uh, I I love it I think it's I think it's genius it really I really do like it except what's your boyfriend's called 
Timothy Oliphant. What's wrong with his teeth, Chris? <laughs> Is it me? I don't remember him having teeth like that. Do you? He has got a mouthful of teeth, you know. Right, but, I had to um, give him a mouthful or something. Yeah. What? It's... <laughs> Here, Timmy, I've got something you can put in your mouth. <laughs> That's what Ben would say to him. <laughs> well, you know, you know how much I love Timothy Oliphant, and Ooh, yeah. uh, you know, from Justified, I thought he was fantastic in yeah. that. Uh, like that's when I actually fell in love with him a little bit, uh, in a in a manly way, because you know. But anyway. Oh, just embrace it. <laughs> I like the idea of you and Tim actually. Yeah, but you you ruined it because you sent me a picture of him kissing another man. Yeah, and that's well, a beautiful that... thing. That ruined it for Why me. Why did it ruin it? Because it wasn't you he was kissing. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I mean, it, it, that's I, it. Change the subject. Where would I you like him? Where would you time. like him to kiss you, Chris? The the second On series has started. Shut up, Chris. The second. <laughs> Go on. The second series of Santa Clarita Diet has started. So Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant are house brokers, um, and they sell houses, whatever, and. She ends up becoming undead in the first series, and it is absolutely brilliant. It's it's one of those shows we can watch it together. Kay and I watch this together because there's a there's a little bit of blood and gore in it, but it's it's kind of tongue in cheek. You know, it's yeah. funny, stupid. Um, there's nothing like a saw levels of violence or Does anything Kay like that. Does Kay not like gory stuff? No, then? she's not into horror films no. at all. Um, so, but even comedy gore, is she does she not like? You know. Well, this—I mean, she she doesn't mind because there's there's bits where you see people being ripped apart and you know throats being bitten mm. into and yeah. stuff like that, you know. And but it's like I said, it's kind of it's daft. I mean, it's like it reminds me of I talked mentioned it earlier on Sliver. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, Sliver. what's his name's in it as well, isn't he? Right, Sliver. Yeah, uh, Michael Rooker's in that as well, and uh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, Nathan Fillion. It's great, yeah. 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 But this is so good, and it's really funny. It's like half an hour episodes, if that. And it's just the comedy is just like it just kind of, you know, I'm clicking my thumb fingers, and you know, it's like there's, <laughs> yeah. there's gags every single minute. Something is yeah. happening. Something's going on. But it does, like we've said before, have those kind of little moments of poignant uh, mm. kind of, uh, but not so much that it, you know, it detracts away from the comedy because it's so good. And Timothy Oliphant. I mean, Kay said herself, it's not just me saying it. She thinks he's the best thing in it. He's really funny and he's absolutely brilliant. Um, and it, 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 the second series, I think he's even better than the first one. So I've got two episodes left and uh, I'm not kind of like before we binged through the first series with this one, which I don't want it, I don't want it to end. So we're taking our time mm. watching it. You know, it's so good. Really, How many episodes are there in the second series? Are there like eight or something? Ten, I think. Yeah. So there's only ten episodes. I mean, like I said, it's it's one of those that y- y- you could watch it again, over again. Um, and I hope that there's going to be a third series. I really do. I think do. there probably will be, yeah. yeah. So good, though. I love Timothy Oliphant. But that's, mentioned... that's another programme. That? <laughs> yes. The, the, this is another programme that I can remember when it came out. Loads of people going, oh, this is shit. Really? Uh, reviews of it, yeah. And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I think it's really good. No, they're mental. It's brilliant. Yeah, but like it's quite sweet as well. And I like the the neighbor's son. Yeah, oh yeah. The yeah. little ginger. Oh, he's so lovely. 
Yeah, it is, and the and the daughter that yeah. uh, you know yeah. that who who's, uh, plays the, the their daughter is great. You know, so there's always little subplots and things going on, but it's about how you know they can control Drew Barrymore's mm. you know bloodlust and killing people. It's, and, it's quite you know. interesting, I think, that um, like the Santa Clarita Diet. Uh, have I think is that that's on Netflix, isn't it? Yes. And there's another program that I started watching a few months ago called um, The Good Place, which is oh, a yes. comedy. I've, I've heard that. That's Ted Danson, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Ted Danson's in it. And um, D- Dave hasn't seen it. I've I've watched this by myself again when I paint. You know, I've got an, an iPad and I watch stuff on that as well. And I think it's really interesting to see how Netflix make American comedy that we get now mm. and i don't mean that we 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 actually get it on our screens i mean that we get it mentally yeah um you know that it's sort of not just geared towards the american sense of humor mm. which isn't i don't think is the same as the british sense of humor Mm. No, I mean, there's a lot of kind of. I think she, why we like, uh, say, we uh, Timothy Oliphant's character is because there's a lot of sarcasm yeah. in there as well, you know. Yeah. And I think again, like you said, Americans aren't great on sarcasm a lot of the time, are they? So <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> but you know, but there is there's a lot of sarcasm in it. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. It's such a great TV show. It is good. Yeah. Um, but that's that's it. That's my TV. Harry. Well, the TV show that. I was going to talk about was um, uh, sort of I ended up watching it. I tried to get I tried to get Dave to watch things. You know, I watch stuff like Breaking Bad being a good one. You know, it's such a great series and he won't watch it. I'm not wasting my time watching that when I could watch a film, you know, for like an hour and a half. I'd rather watch a shit film than watch Breaking Bad, you know, and I just think, oh, well, you know, your loss because I think he would really like it. Mm. So we had to watch again for review a uh, quite a hard hitting program again the reviews on um on the website uh well actually two series we've watched lately starring Lenny James uh, who's uh, an actor that most people will probably know he's in the walking dead yeah can't remember the name of his character in the walking dead but he's the guy who doesn't have a gun and he's got a stick and beats people up with a stick Mm. Well, that's Lenny James. So, oh, sorry, my, my headphone fell off then. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, over in Britain, Lenny James is sort of quite well known for being a sort of serious, hard-hitting actor, uh, even though he lives in America now. So we've had to watch these programmes. One of them was um, like a cop show and... Uh, I said today, God, this really made me think of this these books that I read a few years ago that I bought the DVD set of. Can we watch it? Thinking, you've watched this cop show. Maybe I can get you to watch this cop show that I really would like to watch and it's mm. good. Um, so a few years ago, I bought a quadrilogy of books called the Red Riding Books. Oh, I've heard of these, yeah. Yeah. Um, written by David Peace. R- quite unusual books because they're written as um, <clears throat> train of thought and dialogue as well. So as we talk to each other, if this was a book, this would be the dialogue of the book, you know, mm-hmm. so it's really easy to 
read really easy to read and a very linear story where the story goes through all four books um, from 1974 to 1983. Uh, it's called Red Riding because in the north of Britain is an area called Yorkshire and it's called the Riding of Yorkshire. So Red Riding, you know, it's like Red Riding Hood, Red Blood, Murder. Mm. And it it includes stuff about the Yorkshire Ripper. So when it was on telly, didn't see it. It was, I think it was on Channel 4. So when it came out on video, I bought it like from CEX for a couple of quid. So I sat there and watched the first uh, hour and a half. I don't know how they were on the telly. I think they were on Channel 4. Uh, if they were split up into like 45 minutes over a couple of nights or whatever. But I've I've watched the whole box set. Um, again, this is a series that I'm sure that you could get no matter where you live in the world. And it's one of those series that has totally passed people by, even though it stars, you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Sean Harris. Do you know Sean Harris? Uh, hang on, I'm just looking. It's got, I've just been looking on IMDb. It's got um, quite a star-studded cast, hasn't yeah. it? But go on. Sean Bean, on. Eddie Marzan, yeah. Rebecca Hall, Peter Mullen. Paddy Considine, I could go on and on and on. It's like where Harry Potter has every British actor in it. Red Riding has every British actor in it <laughs> that's any good. Um, and it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, again, you know, it's about corruption in the police force and murders and child murders. Mm tying it up with the Yorkshire Ripper. Again, not going to tell you about the plot. All I'll say is if you happen to come across it in a secondhand shop on DVD, just buy it. You won't be sorry. Yeah. If you um, like gritty, sort of British. It's a, it's a great story. Amazing acting with the yeah. cream of British talent. I remember it uh, coming out on Channel 4 a few years ago and um, being intrigued by it, but I never actually got around to watching it. So, but yeah, yeah it it's the really sort good. of thing really that should be on Amazon or Netflix by now, but it isn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's, uh, yeah, so that's the. <laughs> I'm only going to talk about one TV show. <laughs> that's a relief, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could talk about an event next that Ooh. I went to. Go on, um, then. Something that I, I've written a review on. Um, but thought I would also mention it as well on the on the podcast, uh, apart from the review on the site, is uh, Wales Comic Con. Oh, yeah. It was the weekend before last. And um, where... Oh, God. <laughs> you probably don't remember the first review. This is years ago I wrote of it. <gasps> God, you were a little got... bit scathing, weren't you? I was. Yeah, but it was. it deserved it, really. Yeah. Um, the change in, in Wales Comic Con has been incredible. It's got from being, uh, I mean, it's not perfect. Um, if you go on their website, you see a lot of people saying, I had to wait for three hours in a queue. Yeah, that's what you do at Comic Cons. And they, you know, it's like restricted in size a little bit. They could make the set out a bit better. They could make it a bit more disabled friendly. But having said that, and having been to other Comic Cons in Britain, oh God, it's Wales Comic Con is incredible because you really do get to meet loads of people 
and you know if you like sort of doctor who game of thrones all that sort of thing it's absolutely perfect um we well who was there val kilmer was supposed to be there he pulled mm. out the day before said he's he was very Ill, Ill, hasn't he but i think he's got throat cancer yeah. hasn't he? yeah but can you imagine val kilmer being in uh, wrexham that's mental yeah it, it is know. isn't it another one was sean astin Oh, God. He, apparently, he's a bit of an arsehole. You know, but... <laughs> yeah, but that's right. <laughs> but sh somebody like Sean Astin in Wrexham, and yeah. he pulled out because he got pneumonia and actually Bloody made hell. a video saying, hey, I'm sorry I'm not coming to Wales Comic-Con. I've got pneumonia. Uh, so apparently, he's supposed to be coming in December. Um loads of sort of famous people there there was a massive queue for andrew scott he's huge in this country because he's in sherlock he's is he moriarty moriarty yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and he looks just like he does in his pictures as well didn't get couldn't get anywhere near andrew scott at all um we talk to well, I talked to an actor called Tyler Maine, who... Oh, he was in... Wolverine. No, not Wolverine. Um, Sabre Wolf. Yeah, Sabretooth yes. in Sabretooth. Sabretooth, that's it, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think he's more known for being Michael Myers in the reboot of Halloween, which I've never seen. No, I've not seen that one either. No, I haven't. And my brother's a big fan of the this Halloween one and Halloween... I think Rob Zombie did them, didn't he? I that's could be it, yeah. to totally wrong, like, but... I'm not a Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie music, fantastic. Rob's, Rob Zombie films. Yeah. Yeah. He's Meh. a big dude. He's a big dude, that Tyler Mayne, isn't he? He's, he's well, quite... <laughs> there was nobody by him. So this is the thing about comic cons. If you go to London, Liverpool, Manchester, massive queues, and you go up to somebody and go, hi, can you sign this? Thank you very much. Here's my 35 quid. And you go, in Wrexham, in Wales Comic Con, quite a few of the guests there and they have bloody loads of guests there sometimes there's no queue for them um now dave and i go as and you came as well didn't you Got it's about two years ago a couple yeah. of years ago now as members of the press now i won't pay for an autograph i actually i think dave and i talked about this and i think there's only one person that i could possibly meet in reality and i would pay for her autograph and probably pay to have my picture taken with her and that's claire higgins oh yes yeah who plays julia in hellraiser and hellraiser hellbound yeah i i would pay for her right now now i'm not including like somebody like harrison ford I mean, God, you know, before Carrie Fisher died, she made an appearance, I think, at London Comic Con. And I think she was charging. Now, again, I could be completely wrong, but it was over 100 quid for an autograph. This is Carrie Fisher. So you go, hi, hi Carrie. So you're paying. She would sign it. Now, signatures don't really mean anything to me. To going up to somebody and saying, all right, <laughs> hiya, it's nice to meet you. That means something to me. Not even having a photo with them, because I've had my picture taken with so many people. And I'm just like, you know, like Scott Adkins. Poor Scott Adkins. I think I scared the shit out of it. Because <laughs> you know what I do, don't I? I make everybody kiss me. Can I have a well, kiss, please, Scott? I, 
I was just going to say, my abiding memory of that two years ago was uh, going around you kissing Sam Jones. Yeah. Uh, a couple of guys from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, oh, snobby. God, you interviewed her with Dave, um, having a good old chat with... Kate. Dickie. Kate. Kate Dickey, yes. Yeah, she's lovely, Kate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it, it was, I mean, it was, the weather that day was, t- obviously... It was uh, horrible, wasn't it? It was raining. And... Geralt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, Doug is so fantastic, isn't he? Yeah, and um, I felt really—I felt a bit sorry for Doug because they kind of put him in a yeah. like a tent with all the yeah. gamers and stuff instead of like in the main hall, which yeah. I thought he should have been should've. in there. You know? Yeah, but, he should have. Yeah. But you have—you yeah. have said. Like, I mean, I think we've all written reviews of Wales Comic Con over mm. the years and how it just has improved in terms of its organisation yeah. and yeah. guests and everybody. Yeah. You know, absolutely. It was. Uh, I've I've approached them. I'm I've stopped now. I'm not going to ask them anymore because I know one person that works for them, but I've approached them several times. And I know that we're not a big publication, but we have got a big audience and we we go to a lot of countries. I'm very proud of the fact that something so incredible happens just up the road from me. And all we ever want to do is promote it and tell you, the listener, come to Wales Comic Con. It's incredible, but... It's 10 years it's been going this year. And if you try to research Wales Comic Con online, there is no information Mm. at all about it. So I said, can I do, can I write something about Wales Comic Con? But to do that, you've got to tell me the story. If I ask you some questions, will you tell me, you know, who started it, why you started it, how you started it? You know, um, no, just uh nothing no answer <laughs> not thanks for for asking but no we don't <laughs> just leave us alone just nothing at all this is jamie milner the the guy who yeah. runs it with a with a girl called ashley as well um so i'm not going to bother them because they're just not interested they're too busy whatever yeah. they don't want to do it but fair enough you know it's a shame though because there must have been like 30,000 people there over the two days. I mean, it was rammed. It was rammed. I've never seen anything like it. And it was good as well. Everybody was happy. The cosplayers were incredible. And I think the people that go there would probably go, oh, God, that's really interesting. So that's how you started it. But they they just don't want to engage at all so i'm gonna leave it so but i have to tell you one funny story i mean i went up to tyler main and said hiya tyler and he was really nice it was really nice but um we met andrew divoff as well oh yes yeah. he's in air force one uh he was in another 48 hours i think he's he was lost in, he was in well. lost i've never seen lost he was in mm. lost he was in the blacklist i've seen a few episodes of that uh and he's one of the main voices in call of duty is as he? well yeah. apparently yeah what a lovely man nobody queuing up to see me. I spent about 15 minutes having a chat to him and hopefully when he gets home he's going to come on an interview show with oh, Dave that's brilliant. he did agree but you know what a career he's had amazing so the other bloke I saw him out of the corner of my eye and I went oh Dave I've just got to go and say hello to George Went who is Norm in Cheers. Yeah. So imagine Norm in Cheers with white curly hair instead of black curly hair. So he's he's sitting there. He looks, he's Norm from Cheers. (laughs) And he's sitting there. And I go up to him 
And this has actually happened to me before with David Warner, where they look at you and they go, you're going to buy something. You know, you, they don't say it, but you can tell by the look on their face. They're like, you're going to buy something. I said, hello, George. I just wanted to say hello to you, really. It's lovely to meet you. Again, you know, I'm never going to pay for anybody's autograph unless it's Claire Higgins. <laughs> and he just looked at me. And I said, oh, really big fan. Absolutely love Cheers. And you in house, well, amazing. Oh, well, I was going to say, you've got to mention house. Yeah. yeah, I said, no, what a career. He's just sitting there looking at me. I said, and what a career you've had. You know, you've been in Cheers. You were in Taxi. Do you remember Taxi from the yeah, 70s? Yeah, yeah. You were in Soap. You probably won't remember so. No, I do. Maybe the, you do. You do yeah, remember so. I do. Yeah. And heart to heart, you were in all the great props. So he's sitting there, and I wasn't, you know, particularly gushing. So I look at him, and he just looks at me. Dave is standing behind me now, and Dave's like, he's not talking to him. He's not. He's not talking. And I said, um, so it was lovely to meet you, George. And he just looks at me again. I said, so I thought I'll give it a go. Do you ever do? podcasts george i didn't like to say to him you're really old george do you know what a podcast <laughs> is and he, he looked at me and he went not really and i, I just looked at him and i i thought have i got a strong accent you hmm. no i don't i don't think particularly no. I, d I don't think that i've got an accent i've never had a problem with other people like Americans maybe not understanding what I say. I think that even though I have a small, a bit of a Welsh accent, you can still understand me. And I looked at him and I thought, he doesn't know what I'm saying. He can't understand a word I'm saying. He could. He just didn't want to answer me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So George went, fuck you! What grumpy bugger. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, so that's Wales Comic Con. A good oh, well, a good weekend. I advise anybody who's into that sort of thing to go to Wales Comic Con. It's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like I said, the the last time that we went, um, I, I really had a great time. So mm. yeah, I would yeah. like to go again. I must admit. Okay, so documentary. Oh. You go on, you're taking Dave's mantle here. Taking Dave's mantle. Uh, it's a documentary that I picked, actually, and it's on Netflix. Now, before I start talking about it, um, oh, God. <laughs> uh, before I start, I would just like to say what I'm going to say when we talk about this is my opinion. Um, I'm not trying to be inflammatory. Uh, oh, oh dear! Oh, yeah, I'm not trying to be inflammatory. Yeah, it's it's a it's a uh, it's a difficult subject to talk about. Uh, probably the issues in it. Just I don't know. I, I I'll just go into it, shall I? Okay. Mm, go on. Um, have have you? Do you recognise the name Rachel Dolezal? No. Okay, so before I talk about about this documentary, um, somebody quite close to me has a friend. Now, this friend is gender neutral. Okay. Okay. So this person, you must refer to them 
as they, not he or she. Okay. You must call them they. they. Now, I find it, and I'm not being bloody-minded here, I find it really difficult to call a person they, because to me, they is plural. It means more than one. Mm. Seriously, I'm not being an arsehole about this. They <laughs> means yeah. there's more than one of them. Okay. Uh, so to call this person they... Oh, God, this is so hard. Does that mean there are two of them because they identify as neither sex? Okay, so to give you some background on this person, this person was female, but now she is not... Uh, and apparently, because I, I honestly thought this... I tied it up with sexuality, and, and apparently I, I've been told by my my close family member that I'm wrong. This has nothing to do with sexuality. This has everything to do with not being a male or a female. Therefore, they they are they, not he or she. Okay. Okay, right. So I so I find this difficult. Okay, so I'll so I'll jump into the documentary. Now I saw this documentary was on. It's called The Rachel Divide and it's on Netflix. And I saw um the picture of the woman. I thought, oh, I know her from so oh I know who she is. Okay, so this lady, Rachel Dolezal, was in charge of where she lived, which I can't remember where it was now. It's in the middle of America somewhere. Um, she was in charge of the National Association for the Advancement of Coloured People, otherwise known as the NAACP. Um, she was pretty good looking, uh, you know, she's got a good job. I think she worked in a, a university doing African-American studies. Um she put pictures online of her with her dad. This he, he looked like somebody from the Buena Vista Social Club. This like old black dude was her dad. Pictures of her sons, um, you know, two nice looking black lads. Uh, something happened where she was, you know, tied up for some reason. I can't remember again, it briefly goes into it in the documentary that this reporter from a local news station gets her outside the headquarters of the NAACP and says, um, all right, then, Rachel, um, you know, you think that, uh, you know, it's tough on black people, but um, you're not black, are you? And she just looks at him. He says, so you, your mum and dad, they're, they're white, aren't they? You're not a black woman. And she just looks at me and she goes, I don't understand what the question is. Can you Google Rachel Dolezal to have a look at her picture as we're talking? Because I mean, yeah, it just, might help. I'm just um, I'm just looking at uh, the Guardian review and there is a yeah. picture of her. Yeah. And I immediately thought you look like a white woman with dreadlocks. It's exactly what she is. Okay. So this documentary is... Uh, from her point of view, uh, it's in her house. 
she's pregnant. This is quite recently. Uh, I think it, they must have followed her for about a year, around about a year. Um, so she is vilified and hated by the black community in America. I mean, mm. really hated. Um, but she kept going on social media and she kept saying that she was black. Mm. And they ground her down to eventually, after quite some time, she finally... And she'd be sacked from her job in the university. She was sacked from the NAACP. Mm. She's not a black woman. She eventually said, yes, okay, then I am a white woman and my parents are white, but I identify as a black woman. Which to me is sort of like this person that I know who I haven't met, a friend of someone close to me, identifying as neither sex. So it's a difficult watch because, you know, we live in Britain. I have got no idea what it's like to be a black woman. But, you know, they, I mean, some of the stuff the women were saying to her and about her, about how she doesn't know what their struggle is like, how dare she even think about identifying as a black woman. Again, you know, I'm not saying this to be inflammatory. I don't know what it's like to be a black woman. You know, I'm whiter than white. You know, I, I've... I have had experiences when I lived in America where um, the man that I lived with was Mexican and he was, I can distinctly remember, this is going back a long time ago, uh, he was very wealthy because he was the head of a record company and had a brand new Corvette and 10 minutes after driving out of the car lot, the police stopped us mm. and they had him on the boot of the car, uh, spread eagled. And then I got out of the car and I said, why are you doing this to him? And they went, sorry, ma'am, is this man <laughs> abducted your sort of attitude? And, and because I've got, you know, sort of a British accent, please get back in the car. We're so sorry we stopped you because I was with him. Mm. He got off, you know, and he's not black. He was Mexican, but they stopped him because they thought he pinched the car. So is it, are people upset with her because... People are very upset with her because she got a job. She First of all, because there's a lot more to this story that comes out in the documentary. Right. And I ended up not understanding her because she lied about who she was. And then when she got found out, she continually lied. But I think there is a a reason for it. Mm-hmm. But are people upset? I mean, I've not even seen the documentary. Because, mm. But from what you've said, she was part of an organisation that was there to help promote... Yeah, black, pe- black people. Uh, to, uh, yeah, their rights. And- yeah, and to yeah. help promote rights for black people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she's she's been part of that, and so that's a good thing. That's a good yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. You would say. You would argue. You that's... would think so. Yeah. But but. So, th- so then to then. But she pretended that she was black, and okay. she pretended that the photos online were of her with this black dude was her dad. Right, he was no dad. No, okay, okay. He was no dad. He was. She called him her father. Anyway, to cut a long story short, it turns out that she comes from a very, very religious background, where she's got an older brother, 
I think they're from like Scandinavian descent, live in the middle of America. Uh, so there's her and her older brother and her mum and dad who are hardcore religious, mm. uh, adopt three black kids and a he- Haitian boy. And as soon as her mum and dad adopt these black kids from the photos that are in this documentary, it looks like she's mid to late teens when this happens. So she's like, you know, adolescent when these babies come into her life and instantly she feels an affinity with these children. So the other thing that comes up is that the parents are fucking psychos, you know, Mm. like hardcore religious do as I say, or I'll beat the shit out of you. They've always denied that they beated all the children. But these kids, two of the kids um, are in the documentary, um, her sister and her brother, who is now her son because she adopted her brother. She adopted him, her stepbrother, one of the black lads, covered in scars from where their parents have beaten them. I mean, covered in scars where they've hit them with canes and unless they've self-abused themselves and cut themselves numerous times, probably where they can't even reach with their own hands. You know, why would they lie? Mm. One of the brothers says it's not true. Uh, and as the story unfolds, you know, because it's going back and to, to her, you know, she's uh, she's got no money, she's got a natural-born son and her brother, who is now her son, who came to live with her because he was sick of the parents beating him. So she's got, you know, she had a really good job. She, you know, she she had standing in the community as a black woman. And I, I honestly think that she believed she was black mm. and that I'm not saying she's got like a mental illness, but you sort of, as you're watching it, you're thinking... She really believes that she's black. Convince yourself. Absolutely convinced that she is a black woman. Yeah. And then it turns out that her sister, one of the black children that are adopted by her parents, says the elder brother, who is Rachel's natural blonde white brother, raped her when she was a child. Mm. Then Rachel says, yeah, he did stuff to me as well. So this part of the story is somewhat glossed over because he doesn't get arrested and nothing really happens. And da-da-da, because this fact that she's culturally appropriated the black life totally takes over the documentary. I mean, they, they sort of cover... Yeah, she had loony parents, but they don't go, do you think this is why, Rachel, that you, you know, felt this affinity for black people, you know, that you ended up marrying a black man, that you felt safe with black people, that you actually believe that you're a black woman? So it's a, it's it's quite a good documentary, but, you know, it's really, oh, you know, you wish they'd have asked more pertinent questions about it. So it's quite funny, really. The reason... I wanted to talk about this because I thought this is too hard a subject to talk about on the podcast mm. because it it's likely that somebody listening, the fact that I even mention it, would be offended by me, you know. But, you know, you shouldn't be offended about me talking about it. You know, there it is on Netflix and what I think is my opinion. You know, I don't think I'm a racist saying that I think that, 
you know, Rachel really did believe she was black and mm. convinced herself she was black. Um, but then I got... <laughs> Wes said, oh, God, he said, uh, he said, have you seen this te- this um, tweet that's doing the rounds at the moment? So, and again, you know, going back to this term of cultural appropriation where... Um, this girl's going to the prom. You might have seen this, maybe not because you're not on Twitter. I didn't know about it till Wes told me, but Dave knew about it. So this girl's going to the prom. She poses with her boyfriend. It looks absolutely beautiful. She's got a Chinese-style silk dress on. Do you know what I mean when I say Chinese dress? Yeah. Like a yeah. high collar, quite tight-fitting. Yes. You know, silk, really lovely. So this guy, who's Chinese, living in America... Uh, his name is Jeremy Lamb, and I'm sure if you Google it, you can find it. Hmm. Um, tweeted her, and it got retweeted like a million times afterwards. My culture is not your goddamn prom dress. So basically, and he he's given interviews about it, which ties into Rachel Dolezal's story, hmm. I think, in a big way, that he's saying... You don't know what it's like to be a Chinese woman. You don't know how Chinese women have suffered throughout the ages. You dare wear a Chinese dress to your prom. Fuck you, bitch, Mm. is basically what he was saying. Yeah. Which would be like me saying to you, if you move to Clangothlin tomorrow and it's St. David's Day and all the little kids dress up in on St. David's Day in Welsh national dress, right? So I'd go up to Kay at the school gate and I'd say, I can take that off your daughter? Mm. How dare you dress her, that English child, in Welsh national costume? How dare you? Mm. You don't know what it's like to be a minor? Have you ever been down a pit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, what the fuck is happening to the world, a, Chris? It's a bit ridiculous, really. Uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at this Jeremy Lamb stuff and I think, fucking hell. I mean, this I is kind of the reason why I've come off Twitter yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. You just think, oh, Jesus, Scott. What on earth? What's wrong with her wearing a really nice dress? Hmm. Oh, because it pisses all over Chinese culture. Yeah. I, uh, what? Yeah. I mean, she looks, she, looks, she looks quite nice in it as well, to be fair. She looks beautiful, <laughs> doesn't she? I just think the way that things are going with, you know, people identifying as something else. You know, I'd like to ad- identify as uh, the Queen. <laughs> Call me Queenie from now on. You know, it's just, it's beyond a joke now where... If you stand up for any sort of free speech, you just trampled all over. And I hate it. Mm. And I hate the fact that that girl put on a lovely dress and went to a prom with her boyfriend. And somebody has just, you know, made her infamous because she wore a dress. Yeah. So, uh, Jonathan Pye... 
uh, his um, the guy who writes his shows tweeted yesterday. Uh, I've never actually seen this, but in London or when you go on the underground, people who work there. Uh, write messages on boards so they'll say like you know the 4.15 train to Tottenham will be late this train's been cancelled and sometimes they, they write quotes underneath so this quote was like um it was basically as you go in about your day today say hello to people and brighten yeah. their day right yeah yeah so somebody some politician with a blue tick on twitter retweeted this board and said, well, that's inviting sexual harassment, isn't it? Oh, and I, hell. do you know, I looked at it and I thought, what the fuck is this? What is happening to people in the world where they have to be so correct and we all have to fit in our little boxes and we all, you know, if you want to be, you know, <laughs> why can't you be a she? <laughs> why have you got to be a they? I don't. I just don't get it. Is it because I'm old? I don't know. No, I don't know. I. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. The, 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 this I, this documentary. I think even if you can't bear Rachel Dolezal, by by the way, she is an amazing artist. She's hmm. a great painter. Um, she wrote a book. What the what the hell was she thinking writing a book and sort of defending her her right to be a black woman because she identifies as black? She's changed her name uh, to I don't know even know if I can pronounce it to Nakechi Amari Diallo, which which is in the um, in the documentary. She's back on Twitter under Rachel Dolezal. The abuse this woman gets. It's unbelievable. It's it's a, what I find kind of amazing about this is that um, it's okay. It's almost it's it, it's okay now, and it's accepted that to a certain degree that if you want to identify as a woman or a man mm. or whatever in terms of gender, mm. then that seems to be more accepted. You know, you've got the, yeah. whole, the whole Caitlyn Jenner kind of thing, you know, mm. and everything else. Yeah, that that but this if you want to be identified as a as a black person even yeah. though you may not necessarily yeah. be she seems to be getting a whole of lot more vitriol than Absolutely. she would if she said actually i'm, I'm i want to be a man yeah do you know what I, mean? I mean look yeah. i have got no issue you can do whatever the fuck you want to do yeah. as long as it doesn't affect me and i'm you know you're not hurting anybody then i don't give a shit do you yeah. know what i mean i'll yeah. possibly choose to ignore you and have yeah. nothing to do with you yeah but if it makes you happy to do that and like i said you're not hurting anybody you're not affecting me in any respect you know you're not pushing your views down my throat mm. then i have no issue you can go about your life and enjoy your life however you'd want to be yeah. but when it comes to i don't get that that's the thing see and again it's almost like well she was doing something positive for the black community yeah but they've kind of turned on her and she's become this hate yeah. figure. From what yeah. you're saying, again, yeah. I'm just commenting on what you're telling me. But, that, that but just... you saying that and me agreeing with you sounds like we're defending her, which could be abhorrent to a lot of black people out there. They might think, listen to them too. What well, Do they know what it's like to be? And they're right. We don't know what it's like yeah. to be black. Yeah, We don't. It's, but it's... how far does this go? It's it is a it's a crazy the world yeah. is crazy and I do worry yeah. about, I must admit for my daughters growing up in this mm. world a little bit because you just think what the fucking hell kind of world are they are they gonna be living yeah. in you know what I mean Absolutely. and it, 
and it is it's it you know if i sit and think about it for long enough mm. uh, you know you just think you want to drink gin doesn't it shall i, I talk about something nice now <laughs> but saying that you're talking about documentaries and stuff i mean i don't watch many i must admit but they always kind of makes me think how fascinating they can be yeah and uh you know some of the best films in the world, you know, everything else and how amazing films are. But it's like Dave has got a point. I think documentaries are it can be incredible. Yeah. Always go back to that one called The Imposter, which is about that guy from Spain who went to Texas and basically conned a family into believing that he yes. was their missing son. Yeah. And then even though they didn't believe it was him, because mm. obviously he got a different accent and mm. he looks a bit different. They took him into their house yeah. and, and accepted him as their yeah. son because of their grief. And because, because he of... identified as a, a Spanish person. But then he'd gone off and he'd done that throughout, you know, yeah. throughout the world, you know, in yeah. different countries. Amazing, you know, to think yeah. that somebody did that, you know. So that's where the pair of documentaries and everything else, yeah. you know, like, was it stranger than fiction kind of thing much more compelling a lot of the time absolutely yeah than, uh, it's, a, it, it's it's an interesting uh documentary and it's yeah it's it's definitely worth a watch because it makes you question yourself mm. Mm. and that's the whole point again look about documentaries a lot of the time the best ones are sort of ambiguous they they give you the point of view of one side and then they give you the point of view of another side and then let mm. you make your mind up about what you feel and how you i mean but again based on what you you tell me i mean that that's my initial response mm. is that i mean obviously she's a bit deluded if you like i guess that's again another and, and totally attention seeking as well completely yeah. attention seeking but again it kind of reminds again that that's um going back to films the the guy from true uh in uh gary oldman's character in true romance mm. you know pretending yeah. he's a, yeah. a, like a, a raster you know kind yeah. of thing you know what i mean yeah so but anyway mm. interesting yes but it's it is interesting very interesting mm. but, but i'll talk about something a bit nicer now a Go podcast uh, again, you know, sort of sitting on my arse most days. I'm actually getting ready for two exhibitions at the moment. So I've got several works that I'm painting at the same time. Being a painter, you have to be in the mood. So some days I'll look at something and go, can't paint that. Can't draw that. Don't want to look at that. And then other days I'll go, oh, I'm going to paint this. At the moment, you know, I'm just like trying to get through things. So I've got enough stuff to hang up. Oh, well, there's a story. The the stuff that's been going on with paintings and uh, I just... Uh, there's a Chester Art Fair happening just before Christmas and my son came home and said, you should enter that, Mum. And I don't enter competitions because normally it's about 50 quid per painting. So if you enter what... You don't get the money back. Jesus. It's a gamble. They might not even look at your painting, but you still have to pay like an average of 50 quid bit of a scam isn't it oh well the art world is for posh people darling posh mm. people with money even the painters are posh people with money so chester arts fair they've uh I, I looked up how much it is to hang a painting up there and you get a four meter square and it's 900 pounds <laughs> so <Jesus>. yes anyway so <laughs> so i digress as i paint i listen to audiobooks a lot of music and podcasts. I'm always on the lookout for a good podcast. 
you know, my favourite podcast is Hollywood Histories. Yeah. I love Hollywood Histories. So sort of through listening to this and looking at Adam's tweets, I found a new podcast called Gallus Girls and Wayward Women. Now, if you like history, this is a great podcast. I think they're on episode 10 at the moment. Um, it's done by a lady called Donna and I think they they are a couple, Tom. So Tom has spoken in the past that he's an actor um, and he, he sort of interjects to what Don is saying and he's quite funny as well. Uh, and they're both Scottish. Mm. Oh, it's beautiful listening to them because they're, you know, really lovely accents. So, so you're going to do an accent then, weren't you? Hey, you you're going to try. Can you do Scottish? Because <laughs> they talk a bit like that. I think, yes. No, I can't crap at that. Um, so Gallus Girls and Wayward Women uh, solely concentrates on, sorry about this, Chris, but women. It's, I didn't pick it just because it talks about women. I, I picked it because it, it talks about historical figures. And they've covered people like Catherine of Aragon, Mm. Uh, Christina Rossetti, who's the sister of Dante Gabrielle Rossetti, who's an artist and a pre-Raphaelite. Muriel Spark. Um, uh, the last one they did was Fanny Craddock. <laughs> I've heard of her, yeah. Oh, God. Fanny <laughs> Craddock's amazing. Um, so I, I tweeted Donna and I said, oh, I'm going to talk about you on the podcast. You know, hopefully encourage more people who like history to listen to you. Who are you going to be talking about in the future? So she said they're probably going to be talking about Jessica and Unity Mitford, the famous English Nazi sisters who shagged their way through the royal family. You'd like their story. They're a right couple of whores. Um, <laughs> well, Jessica was a communist and Unity was a, was like the biggest Nazi in Britain. Um, and she's also hoping to talk about the victims of uh, Jack the Ripper Ooh. as well, which should be because they were all prostitutes. Um, one thing about that might put people off the earlier episodes of it but it shouldn't is if you like hollywood histories you'll know that adam is supremely brilliant at mm. doing his podcast and over time I mean, we've listened to adam from the beginning when he first started he would have a script and he would read from that script religiously and not sort of Oh, you know i mean he's great adam isn't he but now he has sound effects and music and well, Gallus Girls has started off with Donna. She's obviously d worked so hard researching these historical figures and she is reading from a script. Now they've got to episode 10, she's still sort of reading from a script and this happened quite early on, but she's loosened up loads and Tom interjects more and they talk about it more. So even though, and this is big praise from me, like, for instance, Catherine of Aragon. I know everything there is to know about her, but I still really love the podcast because they, even though I know it all, they made it really interesting. 
and they talked about little bits and they're funny, you know. So I can't praise this podcast enough. It's like my second favourite one. No, sorry, my third favourite one because my second favourite one. No, no, my first favourite one is the ABC of Gaming starring Ben <laughs> Ford and Chris Jellyman and Adam. Aww. It is, honestly. So, yeah, if you're looking for a new podcast, you like history, Gallus Girls and Wayward Women, they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook. Give them a listen and give them a review as well on iTunes. And give us a review on iTunes. Get off your arse and do it in a press pause. Go on, press pause. <laughs> give us a review, you idle bastard. <laughs> That's going to encourage them. Yeah, well, nobody will give us a review because they're too bloody idle to do it. So, podcast now. Last thing, Chris. I'm trying to be quick because I know go you've got to go to bed. It's Friday night and you always have a shag on a Friday, don't you? I wish, yeah. You wish. So, do you know who Vinnie Vincent is, Chris? I don't know. Oh, don't you, Chris? Well, here. Here's a really good song by him.
Um, so, Vinnie Vincent of Vinnie Vincent's Invasion and Vinnie Vincent of Kiss has made a reappearance over the last couple. This isn't going to be Kiss talk, don't worry. The oh, reason Dave's, I want to... Dave's going to be most upset. Oh, well, you know what he's like with Kiss. Now, I, I like Kiss, but I really liked Vinnie Vincent. I remember I had the LP back in the day and he's a proper, you know, sort of cock rock, glam rock, sort of guitar stuff. Have you, seriously, have you ever heard Vinnie Vincent? No, I, no. I, I, I'm not a huge Kiss fan, I have to say. No. So, sorry, everyone. <laughs> well, Vinnie Vincent has a really big place in the Kiss story because Kiss, oh God, I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. They were a bit waning a bit and then Vinnie Vincent joined them and he wrote most of the Lick It Up album, which was like, Lick It Up was like the album that made people go, oh, Kiss are good again. Mm. <laughs> and he actually wrote the song Lick It Up. You can sing that song, can't you? No, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> lick it up, lick it up. What's that about? Oh, then? it's what Geralt keeps doing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I bloody wish, eh? <laughs> of course, it's about, you know, oral sex or shagging because that's hmm. all rock bands ever sing about, isn't it, really? Or their girlfriends dying. <laughs> um, So, Gene Simmons, who is like, you know, there's Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, two main men of Kiss. And Gene Simmons is the money man. He's obsessed with money. He sues people. He's like got a big personality. Oh, everybody knows about Gene Simmons. He's a bit of an arsehole, blah, blah. Um, but he's recently done this thing called Gene Simmons Vault. Now, Dave would be able to tell you how much it costs and what's in it. But Essentially, it's a big box that looks like a vault and it's full of Kiss stuff. And if you spend a shitload of money, he'll invite a gang of you to some place in America where he'll be there with a guest and you'll get your vault and get your picture with him. If you spend a really massive shitload of money, like a lot of money, you'll come to your house with it. That's never going to happen for Dave, by the way. Mm. Uh, so one of these, um, I think they had a Kiss Expo and then this vault thing happened as well. And Vinnie Vincent, who has literally nobody has heard from for over 20 years, appeared. And he was a woman. Ooh. But nobody mentioned it. And that, this is why... I'm mentioning Vinnie Vincent, absolutely amazing musician and seems like a genuinely nice bloke, has rumours years and years ago was that he transitioned and everybody was like, oh, Vinnie Vincent? I don't think so. Well, Vinnie Vincent walked onto the stage in a pair of like ladies' trousers, high heels, ladies' makeup and sort of a smashing blouse. But he was still Vinnie Vincent. He yeah. still calls himself Vinnie Vincent. Now, this has really intrigued me because there's been no article about him. He's been making appearances for the last couple of weeks now, here, there, you know, popping up here and there. This is after 
disappearing for 20 years. Not one person has said to him, to his face, on camera, so Vinny, did you transition? Are you now, like, are you transsexual? You know, it's a big story. I know it's got nothing to do with me, but are you a lady now? Nothing. Mm. Nothing. Nothing. I'm just just looking at some pictures now and yeah I mean it's a bit bizarre so nobody said anything it's like massive elephant in the room yeah absolutely the only thing anyone has said was you know because Dave subscribes to everything Kiss so if we put uh, YouTube on Kiss stuff comes up so there's this one thing where this vault thing I think it was about two weeks ago when Vinnie Vincent's there he's got a beautiful like uh turquoise suede fringe jacket on and he's got breasts you know Mm. he has got breasts um and gene says something like yeah we're all getting older bloody blah i could you know this is the gist of what he said yeah and we all change some of us more than others but he didn't you know it was like a snidey comment he made to him to Vinny. yeah but Vinny hasn't said anything and nobody, I mean, if it was me interviewing him, the first thing I'd ask him is, so Vinny, I like your blouse. <laughs> you did your makeup. Uh, you know, again, you know, this is, there's no reason for me other than I am really, really nosy. But I, I just find it completely bizarre that nobody has said, Vinny, are, are you Vincetta now? But they haven't. So, mm. I'm just looking at, like sort of sat on a stage, yeah, with uh Gene Simmons, yeah. uh, playing guitar. Did I, you do you think that would you say cl- that he looks like a, like a middle eight, late middle aged woman? Definitely, yeah. But then there's, I'm looking at pictures of sort of like you know in his heyday with the back combed hair and the in their pomp, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. yeah, it's a bit of a wow that, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. Give so what's you... Dave what's Dave think about all this then? D- uh Dave loves Vinnie Vincent. Are you you can't you know, he would I mean the thing is it's not important. It doesn't matter if Vinnie is a lady, if it, whether yeah. or not he's had gender reassignment surgery or not, or he just identifies as a woman now, whatever. I it doesn't matter. That mm. my point is, why how come everybody has not said any no one has said is he a woman uh, yeah i just find it quite bizarre really, now, this is america tmz would be all over him what why have they just let him go because he seems really happy yeah. and he seems like a really really nice person as well i mean he's an amazing musician fantastic songwriter and good for him but I just find it really bizarre in the age that we live in now, where everything is online, everybody knows everything and, you know, you can't fart. Nobody knows about it. <laughs> Nobody's said, Vinny, you've got high heels and boobs. Your boobs are bigger than mine. What size <laughs> cup do you take? So, yeah, good for you, Vinny Vincent. And, oh, God, I love that album. So... <laughs> After Vinnie Vincent, I have some uh, proper music news now. Ooh, go on proper then. music news. Um, Paul Simon is on tour and we can't afford to go. 
That's one mm. bit of news. I would. It's his last ever tour. Uh, Paul Simon, as in Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's over £100 a ticket. So we're not going because it's too expensive. But a big, you know, how much I love music. No, and I'm very eclectic tastes. But uh, I'd say probably up there with Kate Bush. No, Kate Bush is number one. She always will be. Sort of on the next rung down is a band called Crowded House that were Ooh, from yeah. New Zealand. I love Neil Finn. I think he is such a great songwriter and a wonderful singer. When he, whether he sings by himself or with uh, his brother or with his son, you know, whoever he sings, he's just magic to me. I really speaks to me. So I follow him on Twitter. He doesn't post much. Facebook just released like this amazing live album which i haven't actually bought yet which i should do so i saw a few things on twitter and then saw this thing on youtube about neil finn joining fleetwood mac and i thought oh, that's a load of balls that neil is finn, bizarre i have to say neil what? finn has joined fleetwood mac really he's taken the place of lindsay buckingham Apparently, they all got together and said, right, Lindsay, we're all going on tour and it's going to be for a year. And Lindsay said, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. And they said, right, Lindsay, we're all going on tour for a year. Are you in or are you out? And he went, oh, I don't know if I want to go for, on tour for a year. And they said, right, you've got to make your mind up. Have you made your mind up? No. Right, you're right. Sacked. Goodbye. They sacked Lindsay. They got rid of him. They got rid of a Lindsay, Mr. Sexy Pants, Buckingham. <laughs> I, I, now I love, I think there's two albums that I really love. One is Fleetwood Mac, the one, you know, the one with the chain and all the great hits yeah. on it. Uh, yeah. And the other one is So by Peter Gabriel. Two, yeah. two vinyls that I've got that I've had bought when they came out. And I still play them now. So I've never seen Fleetwood Mac live. I have seen Crowded House. God, I've seen them. I've probably seen them about six or seven times, maybe even more. Seen Neil Finn with his brother Tim. Real big fan. Um, so that somebody else has joined the band, and I'm sorry about this. I can't remember his name, but he was Tom Petty's guitarist. But I don't care about him. I just care about Neil Finn. Mm. So, Chris, they're doing a massive tour of America. They start in October. And they finish in April 2019. So if they come to Britain, will you take me? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd, do you I'd, like I'd... Fleetwood Mac? Yeah, I do. I like Fleetwood Mac. Again, it's, I haven't got any other albums other than, say, like The Greatest Hits. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, brilliant, yeah. you know, yeah. music. Um, do you like Neil like... Finn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, similar, like Crowded House. Mm. Um, again, not a massive fan, I have to say. Not that bought many of these things, but yeah. I've got a couple of Crowded House albums. Have you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard the album he did with, um, what's his name, out of Pearl Jam? Oh, Eddie Seven, Vedder. Yeah, Eddie Vedder. Seven no, Worlds no. Collide. Mm. It's a live album and Eddie Vedder sings, Eddie Vedder sings on a couple of songs with him. Yeah, okay, And cool. their voices are really good together. So... The clip on CBS News of Neil joining the band shows them singing the chain. Yeah. Um, but you only hear Stevie Nicks singing. They cut off bef um, before Neil starts singing. 
so you don't hear Stevie and Neil together. And I'm so intrigued to hear De- them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so desperate to hear what they sound like together as well, yeah. yeah. So, so instead of going, I did have a bit of a what the fuck moment. And then I thought, oh, yeah. Because I just love, I don't know if they'll work, but the thought of them, really like Fleetwood Mac, absolutely worship Neil Finn. So I'm hoping it'll be better than ABBA. <laughs> yeah, because they've just released a new, or they're releasing an album, aren't they? Well, the, uh, I thought, well, where's this song then? They're not letting anybody listen, are they, till um, December? Yeah, I'm looking, I mean, they're, they're wow, they're, they're tour, uh, Fleetwood Max tour in America. It's massive. It's massive. Yeah. Holy crap. Think of the money. So oh, Neil no. probably went, oh, come on, love, if I'll go and do this tour. <laughs> We'll never, we can pay the mortgage off. You can buy you, a kangaroo and a hobbit hairs. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, your New Zealand accent is better than your Scottish one, I have to say. What's wrong well, with my Scottish accent? That's not too bad. To it's not that bad. I'm not that bad at doing <laughs> Scottish. Like, uh, the only accent I can't really do is yours. <laughs> Brummit cat that's one accent. If I if I sort of think about it, I can do most accents. I cannot do a brummy accent. I have got a brummy accent. Yes, yeah. Oh you're I so have... common, Chris. Brummy. <laughs> 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 anyway, so that is oh, the the only other thing I was gonna say, which ties into Ready Player One. Yes. Uh, the music that I listen to, I go through phases of because we, you, you and Dave don't really talk about music that much because of the sound check shows. Mm. Um, I've been listening to Hall and Oates for about two weeks now. Oh yeah, I like Hall and Oates as well. I yeah. just cannot stop listening to Hall and Oates. So I've asked Dave if he would mind playing a song at the end of. Um, at the end of the show by Hall and & Oates and I would like to dedicate it on my behalf and also yours, Chris, to Doug Cockle. It's not Maneater, is it? No. It's uh, a surprise. It's a surprise? It's a surprise. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'll listen out to it because I always listen yes. back to the shows. Yeah, so. listen to okay. it. It's a great song. <laughs> cool. So are you spent then? I am it? spent now and I will shut up and you can talk about Alexander Skarsgård. Well, yes. We, so we'll be back in a minute. Um, Dave can stick one of his lovely breaks in here uh, with our double dip uh, show. Don't say it too loud. Geralt's come back with a unicorn. <laughs> if he hears you say double dip, he thinks that he'll get to fuck you he, as well. He'd he, like that. He's in there when oh, he's he double dip. Well, I'm just, I'm just sort of like doing the washing up and he's right up there. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're back in a minute. Yeah. It's ice cream time. <laughs> That's right. Can I sell you some lines made ice cream? Cups, chalk ices, lollies? I shouldn't be doing this job, really. I haven't got the shape for it. But at least I get a free one. <laughs> now, what do you fancy? Ah, uh, stay where you are. I'll send the tray to you. Come on. Up, up. That'll be easier this way. Go on. Off you go. Take care of everybody. That's it. Enjoy a bit of Lions Made Magic now. Go on, spoil yourself. 
and welcome back from that lovely break. Um, so our double dip picks for this this episode. Then um, you've picked an interesting film, mm-hmm. uh, and I picked something which you hadn't seen. So that no. the whole point of these double dip features is that we both pick something uh, for each other to watch that we have never seen before. And again, similar to Dave, it's difficult for, for me to pick something for you because you've seen quite a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, whereas it's, it's obviously a bit easy for me because I haven't seen as much uh, stuff as you guys. But anyway, so um, th- I had a look on Netflix and I thought I want to keep, obviously we want to try and keep it to Netflix and Amazon so it makes it mm. easier for both of us. Um, and I th- a lot has been said about um, Duncan Jones's latest effort, Mute. Um, a lot of it, most of it, quite scathing. And I thought, well, I'll, we'll see. If, I'll see. If, I was surprised you hadn't watched it, to be quite honest with you, because I, I think you you like Duncan Jones. Is that fair? Yeah, uh, Moon is such a great film. I also like War, Warcraft. See, I haven't seen that, but I had. I've seen Source Code, and I like Source oh, Code. Oh, so, yeah, of course, Source Code's great. So, yeah, three three films that he's done. I really like them. Yeah. So, like I said, a lot has been said, and the critics have really panned this. Uh, like I said, so it's a it's a Netflix production, and stars Alexander Skarsgård, Paul Rudd, Justin Theroux, uh, directed by Duncan Jones. Um, the critics it's got a 35 score on metacritic based on 24 critic scores no positive 15 mixed and nine negative so i'll just i'll go for the this one here then um entertainment weekly the one thing mute has got going for it is jones vividly imaginative sense of world building like ridley scott with blade runner he fills every corner of the screen with something cool to look at um empire Fans of Moon and Source Code, be warned. Mute is sadly, almost tragically, not worth the wait. And then one of the more scathing reviews, I think The Guardian gave it a bad one. Here we go, yeah. So The Guardian, watching Jones's pass, sorry, Jones passively bob in the deep end of his imagination, a viewer longs for the compulsory baseline competence of the big studios. Anything but the blandness masquerading as future cult bait. Fucking hell, that's a bit of a want to wrap your head around Aye, isn't it? <laughs> um, but I think basically what they're saying is that he was given too much uh, freedom and he wasn't reined in so it's sort of that, that's the way I read that Any, anyway mm. so um, the story is and I'm going from IMDB on this uh, it's very well very basic this but I think there's a bit more to it a mute bartender goes up against his city's gangsters in an effort to find out what happened to his missing partner by partner they mean girlfriend um so um yeah i mean where do we start with this one then so uh, i've had is a it, bit has of a... this got to be spoiler free or can we talk about it uh, I think we'll we, with L. I think we'll. Sorry, I've just bought what we're going to talk about next. But anyway, <laughs> with, with with the next film, I think maybe we try and avoid spoilers with that one because I think there's a bit more to yeah. that than this. Whereas this is, you know, it's difficult. To, I mean, there's not much to it really. I mean, in as much as the it is very visual, it has got the mm. sense of Blade Runner yeah. kind of futuristic kind of look about it, neon, uh, you know, kind of neon noir neon all that kind of stuff whatever um and it, it's quite a simple tale like i said it's about alexander skarsgård he had an accident when he was a kid um he had his vocal cords ripped out 
in a boating accident and uh, he's part of an Amish community and chose not to um, have them repaired. So he's no mute. Uh, he works in a bar. He's, he's quite a seedy bar. He's got a girlfriend who he adores and she just disappears uh, and then it's all about him trying to find her. So it's a little bit of a detective story in some respects as well, because, oh. you know, he's following clues to, to find out what happened to her. Um, along Running alongside that, and, and this is where I have sort of a bit of an issue about with the film, is it's quite... It's quite meandering. I mean, in places, it just kind of... It's two hours long, there or thereabouts. And after about an hour, I thought, nothing is really happening. Is anything going to happen now? I mean, this is... You know, anyway, it just (laughs) kind of of bumbled along rather than, you know, there was any kind of direction to it, you know, any kind of pace to, you know... Anyway, so Paul Rudd plays a kind of... And what I picked up, an ex-soldier, uh, along with his mate, um, what's his face, uh, the other dude. Yeah, oh. him. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston's ex-husband. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Paul Theroux. No, Theroux. I can't think of his name. Um, so, yeah, Justin Theroux's character, he sort of knocks about with him, Paul Rudd does, and they're like old army buddies, and Paul Rudd wants to... He's got a daughter, and he wants to get, to get back to, well, what I assume is America. They're in Germany, it's aren't mm. they? It's like a sort of vision Yeah, they of the get... The, it's the Amish get sent back there, don't they? Mm. So he wants... To, he's trying to get this uh, passport for him and his daughter... And he's kind of like, again, he pops up in the movie and then Justin Theroux's character pops up in the movie and then they're kind of torturing people. And then, yeah, it. it... so initially I thought, OK, I'm quite intrigued by this. You know, again, it's quite an interesting premise. You've got this mute uh, character who's looking for his girlfriend and it's like I like the setting. But I'll be perfectly honest with you. I found it utterly boring to a point where <laughs> I just I like I said I looked at the time after an hour had passed thinking fuck me there's something's got to happen now I mean so you know what I mean it's just mm. I'm not asking for action or or things like that but just just something for me to care and engage about with these yeah. characters I just didn't give a shit at all and the, t- the tone of the movie is all over the place in place I mean Justin Theroux's character do you think that they deliberately modelled him on Jimmy Savile? <laughs> or was that me? Because oh, my God. You're right. If you look at him, yeah. and then, there is um, the documentary that Louis Theroux made about, right. about Justin, uh, about um, Jimmy Savile. Yeah. Oh, that's on Netflix as well. Yeah. And if you look at the picture of them, because he's got this kind of like the hair style that he's got yeah and then the glasses that he wears and the sort well, of the, the, the Duncan chin. would have grown up in this country so and it just all i could get him because this is the thing with the film as well there's so justin theroux's character he basically comes out that he's a paedophile mm. and um paul rudd confronts him about this because he discovers a hidden camera in uh he's um doctor's uh, kind of one of his waiting rooms or one of his uh, changing rooms because he's a doctor um, and 
and again, that made me think about Savile because of all the yeah. stuff that came out when yeah. he went to see sick kids, and you know, it's fucking horrible. So, and then he confronts him about it, and then yet two minutes after he's confronted him, then they're the going out going, and having a yeah. party. You know what I mean? I don't. Get it was it. very disjointed, and I think it's almost like the the paedophilia bit was was like, oh, we just throw that in. It didn't fit with the story. I th- I think yeah, I like Alexander Skarsgård, um, but him not being able to speak in it was, you know, unlike the end of the film when, oh, spoiler, he finally says something. Mm-hmm. was corny, I thought. Um, I, di- I, I sort of quite liked the fact that it was in the future and Blade Runnery. Which also made me not really like it because it was like a poor man's version of Blade Runner. You know, the constant rain, the fact that it was in Germany, the neon lights, the girlfriend. I did like Paul Rudd's character, though, um, because he was... I've never seen him play a twat before, and I thought Mm -hmm. he was quite good at it. But I didn't... I didn't... I didn't play with my phone, even though I was very tempted to, because I knew that, you know, that, that I had to give it my full attention, but mm-hmm. it didn't have my full attention. I thought it was too long. I didn't really give a shit about anybody in it. Mm-hmm. And when, when you've watched a film like um, the the one that Joaquin Phoenix is in, you were never really here, Yeah, which is sort of a similar theme to this one. In a way, yes, you know, yeah. There's no comparison, really. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I, I, you know, I, I do like um, Duncan Jones. Mm. I think he's, he's he's made some good films, and but and I liked the little nods and winks to Moon. Um, mm. You probably oh, saw yeah, those. Oh yeah, yeah, well. of course, yeah, yeah. And that that was cool. But I do. I I just think it's. A, bit of a misstep you know and uh uh, like i said the worst crime i don't mind you know bad films as such Mm. you know like we've always said we quite i mean i read your review of rawhead rex i love rawhead rex Mm. um go watch that a lot when i was a kid you know and it's it's not a great film if you if you you analyze it but it's got the charm to it you know oh yeah absolutely probably had a lot of money spent on it and it's got you know good people involved with it but it was just boring yeah utterly boring yeah. and i just kind of yeah just checked out you know and i couldn't wait for it mm. to end to be honest with you yeah but <laughs> so. did you get the end because i didn't um <laughs> i was like watching even, it thinking is that it is i that can't it? even re- well so basically i get i can't even remember what oh, happens at the end other than he gets his voice <laughs> yeah. and he he goes off with this girl who again seemed mute because she never really spoke either yeah. did she and again, there was all this stuff. I mean, the thing about Paul Rudd's character is that, you know, he's generally plays kind of quite likable characters, I guess, yeah. to a certain degree. So it's yeah. a bit of a change for him. But again, it was like, again, I don't, I didn't understand the, he didn't, he just kept pass, passing his daughter off to other people to look after. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, prostitutes you know. mainly. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, didn't like it. I'm sorry. It's a thumbs mm. down for me. Would you, what would you, what about I'd you? I'd give it a thumbs down as well, actually. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it's not a film that I'd watch again, even though I do like J- Duncan Jones. I think Duncan Jones has got a great film in him somewhere. Yeah. 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 And it's, I think uh... it's quite unfortunate that, 
you know, his parentage sort of forces that legacy on him of great expectations, doesn't it? If mm. he was just Duncan Jones, it wouldn't matter. When you know who his dad is, you go, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. So you expect something amazing. But, yeah. you know, Moon is amazing. This was, what do you think? So. The, the more money he has thrown at him, the or the more uh, freedom he has, the, the sort of like the not as good film it is because I mean Moon's not, not got a massive budget no, it's, and Source it's like Code one, hasn't I one or two thought. characters in it as well I think it was pretty cheap but it's a it's it's a story isn't it I mean Sam Sam Rockwell's a great actor yeah. but it was a really heartfelt story but then you look at a film like Warcraft he was making that for years and I, I like it but I don't like it enough to go out and buy it yeah, you know, uh, and I and we have got source code that I think we got second hand, but that isn't the film that you know. When I'm thinking, I've never thought, oh, I fancy watching source code. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Moon, yeah. I've watched a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, on to your pick. And when mm. I uh, started to look into this, I thought, <laughs> oh god, you can tell Tina's on the show. It's some bloody <laughs> French shite <laughs> feminist bollocks. Uh, <laughs> you cheeky but, bugger! Sorry, I know, but uh, anyway, go on. You, do you want, do you want me to sort of like? Yeah, go it, on. You do all the spiel, darling. Okay, all right, we've had a problem here. This is Houston. Say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. We've had a main beam bump undervolt. Roger, main beam undervolt. Okay, stand by, thirteen. Yes, indeed, Houston, we have a problem. If you follow us on our social media, you'll already know that Chris and Tina had lots of problems while they were recording. Uh, the usual Skype shit that we get. Uh, loads of other technical things. We had gremlins all over the place. Uh, which meant, well, of course, it's the April entertainment show. And here we are at the end of June putting out a show uh, where the end bit's missing as well. <laughs> so you, instead of a double dip, you've just got a single dip this episode. Uh, but me and Chris will return. We're going to return actually the end of July and we're going to do May, June, July entertainment show. Uh, the World Cup's on. We've been away. There's been all sorts going on. So we haven't got loads to talk about at the moment. So there'll be uh, a triple hit at the end of July when me and Chris do the next entertainment show. So to finish this off, I'm going to play the song that Tina hinted at earlier on in this episode so uh, yeah plug your ears back and this is how Tina wanted to end this show
Make hard dreams in a soft dream. Heavy dreams in a light dream. Dreams come. 